0: You have reached the Geek Elite. Good luck.
1: Hey. Oh, hey, Jeff. What's going on, guys? Oh, you know, talking about Superman. Oh, cool. I could talk about Superman. I could talk some more about Superman. We know. I'll bet a few people would want to get in on this. I'm down. You know it. That sounds like fun. I'll do it. Cool. Let's do it. We can call the show Men of Steel.
2: And you can find it at certainpov.com
1: or wherever you get your podcasts. Yay. Welcome, everybody, to We Have Issues, Geek Elite Media Show that's about everything literary books, comic books, web comics, and manga. We're here to talk about it. As always, I am your host, Keith, and I'm joined by my Star Wars sidekick, who's always at my side, host Sway.
3: Hello, and I'm always happy to accept a huge, heaping, heavy load of comics. And it's boy, it was a
1: huge week. Uh, I set a new spending record. Oof. I approached $200 God damn. and I didn't buy a trade. I, it was all new comics. That was literally me last so, week, but that was only because of the dumb, uh, bad idea
3: idea that yeah. I had to do. So.
1: Yeah. Uh, variant covers will be the death of me. So, yeah. uh, <laughs> But they're worth it. Anyways, um, so we're going to get into our comics in a moment, but we have some brief news. Um, the first two things isn't really news. I mean, it's kind of news, but I wanted to get into it. Before we started, we both sat and watched the new Shang-Chi trailer. Yes. Fuck yes. <laughs> I'm so excited, dude. Like less it looks than so three good. months away. Yeah. I'm so dude, this has been such a good year already for Marvel. Oh, yeah. Between WandaVision and uh Falcon Winter Soldier and now Loki. Mm-hmm. And we got Black Widow coming. Like, oh my god, it's been <laughs> such a great year already. So um I'm very excited for it. We got to see what appears to be Fin Fang Foom
2: yes and it,
1: also the abomination so what do you think i mean in going in that order bing bing boom part was scary
3: because like just to just see a being like that and then underwater regardless if it's like in his and like in a, a mindscape or if it's real this shit would be scary as book. <laughs> and then uh, Abomination. The fact that they're actually getting him a little closer to uh, adapting him right with like the like the fishy find ears, mm-hmm. yes, because I actually really fucking loved uh, Abomination, and to that extent, the Incredible Hulk movie with Edward Norton. I think it's actually a very underrated movie for the MCU. If we don't talk about it enough, and yeah, it's the fact that we're getting Abomination to just make it more true than just Thunderbolt Ross as
1: like the only linking thing to it. So yeah, give me more. Uh, I can't wait yeah. for this movie. One hundred percent agreement. So. I think it's it's getting more and more hype, and I think we're getting more and more connections to the rest of the MCU, which I think is going to be very interesting in the end. Yeah. So, uh, the other thing I want to talk to you about is Loki. So, we're three episodes in, and we got a very important confirmation as a Pride present. Yes. We have canon by Loki in the MCU, and I'm very very my heart is full is what i'll say that was so
3: sweet because like really like the only thing that to, that that i had going for myself being like oh like loki is loki is definitely to some extent by uh was kieran gillen's uh, young avengers book because like the whole cast was basically to some extent gay yeah. and, but he was the only one because he was then still kid loki didn't they didn't really want to express that like a sexual orientation on kid loki even though he was a deity he was really the only one that wasn't really expressed that way but he was he still knew because he was just a god but now it's like mm-hmm. it's, it's all it's all comfortable full circle like everybody knows it's, it's all mainstream in the mcu so it's, it's just so beautiful especially how he delivered that line with like the whole like it was both or whatever it's like mm-hmm. ah, it's so beautiful
1: yeah i think it's just awesome and like you said they didn't make a big deal out of it but they did it in a way that it's not going to be questioned <laughs> you know what oh, i mean yeah. like oh, sure. like people were like oh you know LaFoe and in beauty and the beast is going to be gay and it was like <laughs> is he like what did he say something no like they keep saying there's like these openly gay characters but they don't actually do anything in these disney movies yeah and this is the first one where this person, or the person verbally confirmed yes i am yeah you know that, that's sure. that's fucking great so i loved it um next i want to talk about something we talked about last week uh we do know that nick spencer is moving on from amazing spider-man yes and everybody's been talking who's going to take Nick Spencer's place. And there's a bunch of names being thrown around. You and me threw a few back and forth. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what we found out is it's going to be a creative team yes. taking over. Right? Including back. including some of our favorites. Like Kelly yes. Thompson and Saladin Ahmed, who's killing it with Miles Morales. So um, Also Dodie Ziegler, Patrick Gleason, and Zeb Wells. So
3: yeah, that's a good one
1: yeah uh it's pretty cool um like i'm curious to see like are they all so they're all going to take over amazing Mm spider-man so they're gonna probably because it comes out you know three times a month so it makes sense to not you know work a writer and an artist like that you know it'd be great to to rotate it i wonder how that's going to work as far as like working together you know like planning Uh, out I believe
3: it'll stuff. be if it's anything if it's anything like
1: how it used to be pre Dan Slott
3: era when he was part of uh, a very very similar brain trust like this it was with like it was him Mark Wade and I, I Joe Kelly and I forget who the other two were Uh but they they'd basically rotate every two or every pretty much every mm-hmm. issue and just kind of keep and keep it fresh in that tone that way so that it always felt like someone's different take on it instead yeah. of just one long droll thing like dance lots um but i just like i just don't understand why it evolved the five people it went to him but um i think it's gonna, it's gonna go back to that to like those last two iterations uh pre-last last two iterations yeah. of, of volumes
1: but imagine like i mean that's a big group of people imagine sitting as a group and being like all right so you're gonna do this and this issue and then i'm gonna do this and this issue and then you're gonna do this and that's interesting you know so I'm curious. Yeah, it, I, it, 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 I'm, always, I'm always very curious about like those cooperative groups of writing like like they with Empire. You mm-hmm. know, anytime you do a crossover, people are writing different books. This is the same book even. So it's
3: kind of like huh. And you and sometimes it would work, sometimes it would not work. Because sometimes like some of those books, like when it was on that rotating cast some of the ones that in the end i thought would would be some of that was the ones i kind of stuck to was like oh that one's kind of a stinker like those two issues of the, the little story didn't pan out for me i look back and i was like oh shit those are the mark wade books like those those were not would be the ones i would judge so harshly on but it's like like that rotating cast kind of like makes it work because then sometimes the other writer that you've been shitting on tends to shine like in that case uh new ways to die was actually really good from dad slot so, yeah, I'm excited for to kind of keep this a uh, new fresh take on Spider-Man, especially if Nick Spencer decides to end it where he's alluding to, and it's something I've been really excited for to come back.
1: Definitely. And then the last thing we're going to talk about is something a little controversial. Um, comic. Hmm, What's the word? Apple. Veteran. Veteran. That's generous. Uh, uh, Warren Ellis. Is making a return to comics. Um, he's bringing back Fell, which is a book I've spoken about in the past as a book that I read and wasn't for me. But I did recommend for other people in our friendship circle. Uh, because they're more into that kind of extreme, like, weird horror stuff that I don't really care for. So, he's bringing Fell back, which, first of all, has been on hiatus since, what, 2009? Pretty much. Which is crazy. Um, so we're not going to get political on the show, although we do all the time. Um, so, but for this one, I, I don't want to step into it. It's I'm, I am not a victim of anything Warren Ellis has done. So it's not my place to lay this stuff out. Uh, it's readily Google Googleable. If you guys want to go on there you can go on and you want to go on Twitter, you can see it there too. Um, needless to say, with all the creative minds out there, I'm, so incredibly disappointed in Image for giving him a platform. Oh, fuck yeah. that is dude's an incredible asshole. Yeah. Um, and just... I don't know, man. Like, I, I will say this. When I picked up my books this week, I was looking at my Image books. Yep. And I was like, if I didn't love every
3: one of these books... If it wasn't for straight dogs ending if it wasn't for my love and support towards uh
1: the, the bitter root cast i I, know, I was, craft, I was yeah. considering skipping uh, image this week too yeah i was thinking about it i was like that's the only thing they'll understand you know um i also want to point out that um one of the uh people one of the editors of vault <laughs> one of the two beautiful brothers that we love um Posted a thing about it and he talked about, imagine having this large market share and wasting it on someone like him. And I'm like, yeah. Yeah. And you and me have heard a lot of buzz that, you know, they, um, that Vault could be the new image, you know, eventually. And I hope they are, to be honest with you. Fuck yeah. Yeah, so, so that's all we'll say. Um, so basically, when we review a, an image book, just imagine I say fuck Warren Ellis before we start every single time. So, yep. Okay, so we're going to get straight into comics after that bummer of a start. Sorry about that. Uh, we're going to just launch straight in as we always do, not with a bang, but a boom. And we're going to start with Boom Studios. Um, we're going to start with Something Is Killing the Children, number 17. Uh, can I just say I fucking love this cover? Dude,
3: it's a great cover. Honestly, the portrait, yeah. It just yeah. feels so bad for the house. If anything, it should have included uh, the other lady.
1: Yeah. And it's just like. Adelaide. It's like a different art style than they've ever really done. It's so Worther, I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure. But it looks completely different than any other cover I've seen of theirs. So it really caught my eye. So, um, as I kind of hinted at, the creative team for Something Is Killing the Children. Uh, we got written by James Tynian Is it Tynian? I always say tinian. It's Tynian It's Tynian Tynan. gotcha, my bad James <laughs> yep, James the IV uh, Drawn by Werther Deladera Color by Mikel Murtho and letter by Anne World Design um, So we're getting more of the origin of our girl Erica Slaughter And this is part two of her, basically her introduction to the house And I really dug this, actually. I I love, I got the impression immediately, I'm like, oh, these are all going to become really cool characters that I'm going to love. (laughs) And I got not the same vibe, but I got the same feeling I get when I read Seven Secrets. Ooh, yes. Where all these side characters are starting to come into focus. And I'm like, yes, yes, let's do it. So, yeah, Um, really, really cool. And I like the little bits we're learning about the lore of the house, too. So, what do you think? Honestly, there was like this book was a long time coming. I, I
3: like that we actually took a, a moment where I, we could actually pause on a certain page, and like not, not like you couldn't before, but you didn't really have the like. Basically, I'm talking about this this double spread page of them mm-hmm. going the, the tour of like the, all the places, and you actually get to see all the other masks. Like we knew that there was different colors, but I think I wasn't looking at it that closely before. But mm-hmm. all the colors have different teeth markings. They're not the, they're not the same teeth smile, and I thought that was really cool. Mm. I'm wondering, I, there, there's like a why to that, or just like just because instead of just being different with colors, might as well have just like have like the different fangs go up and down, or just come all the way down for like I don't know. It's like the way or the way they it, look, or is it
1: a mark of rank? Because you don't be two, have I mean, teeth.
3: If you don't have teeth, if you don't have a rank. But, but once you're in, that. like once you're in, you're in. And these two have like the same ones, and it's just like it just means like yeah. the blue ones have those same teeth, but they look more like the black mask. But they come, yeah. I don't know. They're all they're also distinct. So yeah. Um, and then the, the thing with Adelaide was just. Brutal. It was just almost like haunting. Yeah, the, the way the when when she gets turned around and she just starts crying and she's like she doesn't she's so old that she doesn't speak anymore. Uh, but you can just tell where it's just like those are tears of regret. Like why well, would why would they bring another child or or here comes another child off mm-hmm. to die? And you can just see that there and just like and then he and Jessica is like yeah no I get your girl like I'll I'll protect her. It's like this book has just been a long time fucking coming with just like answering some questions and not maybe maybe not direct maybe not all of them. But for sure, some of the answers that you for sure are high up on your list are right here in this book. And
1: this arc has just been really, really good. All right, let's move on to the next Boom Studios book. It's a number one and it is called Good Luck. Yeah, Uh, Written by Matthew Ehrman, illustrated by Stefano Simeon, letter by Mike Fiorentino. I got this cover. I think you got a nice, fancy cover. A nice yeah. Photo, pretty one. Yeah. Uh, so, I enjoyed this. I think it's a really cool, interesting concept. I like yeah. some of the really um, out there art. You know, the real trippy art. Yes. And it's just fun. It's just like a really cool idea. And I love the idea of luck being, you know, a measurable thing and how the world has changed because of it and stuff. So, really, really dug this. What do you think? Oh, we know it's a very. Oh, I hate to say like it's, it's more of a serious
3: book because I, I love Matthew Ehrman. Like Terminal Punks, like this is like mm-hmm. with Terminal Punks and with um not so much with Witch Blood, but to some extent, it's like uh he can kind of like let loose, like let rules just like ride free or just like be silly with the dialogue. It doesn't it doesn't really it doesn't really matter in, in that world in that book. And good luck. It's actually more of like you know like let's actually approach this with like a serious taker and serious case of powers or how can we explore this type of environment i thought it was Mm -hmm. like a really really great idea super original and then you bring up the art where it's like it's very trippy and it's like yeah it's like the other half the reason why i was super excited for this book is uh and and just goes to show how amazing colorists are as well Mm -hmm. but this is the artist to um stargazer Mm -hmm. the the super trippy out he would literally rip the pages apart and just give this atmospheric look that was that it, it's here, but where I'm bringing up the color bit is that in that one, I love the way like the the palette was throughout that book and it just goes to show how see how seriously different it is here because those the same artists and I see the similarities with like the people and and how it should look. It's so vibrant now there's just so many different colors in this one now and just it literally paints it as a whole different book as it is, but man, because like I mean you see the similar artists with like um. Sean Murphy but he's always locked in with uh, Matt Hollingsworth so it always literally looks the same um, but in this case with uh, with Stefano it's just like they're just two very different books and I'm so excited for how, where, where this can go because again it's, it's such an original idea and yeah I'm excited for this one too.
1: Yeah it's a really cool unique idea and I, I'm genuinely curious to see where it goes so yeah mm-hmm. uh, let's see here next we're going to move on to a smaller publisher and we're going to talk about Behemoth Comics. So sway. Talk to me about MFKZ One. Motherfuckers is, is the name of the book slash movie.
3: I had that shit. I was gonna out. say
1: this is based on something from Netflix, right?
3: Yes. Well, yeah, it I,
1: something like that, right?
3: It's basically a French book, and it—I it, want to say this is like the first time. It's finally, it's finally hitting us in English. But yeah, the movie basically got adapted first, um, and yeah, it is that crazy movie and this book, this comic book. Um, I had to get the Vince cover. It's literally the eighth, sixth variant. <laughs> um, but it's, it's literally adapted in the movie. If you have seen the movie, then you pretty much like. And if you want to get the book, the comic book, because it kind of has like some similarities too on how it looks like a, it feels like a comic book movie. It's really all, all here. If anything, like you get a little bit added scenes in the book, but just by barely. Like the in the movie when he gets when he gets distracted by like the girl when he's driving the little scooter and he gets run over by the giant truck you actually get to see like the brutal crash and him like hitting the pavement. It's, like, it's more grotesque in this one where in the movie, yeah, I literally just cuts to and him just walking home um, after being beat, beat up by, by the crash.
1: I haven't actually seen the movie. So.
3: Oh damn, I, It's, it's really, it's really cool. Um, it's one of the things about the movie or at least like the, the world itself is, is that, is that it's basically it's one of those where it's like, I, I guess it might've been more okay over there, especially with, with with the way it's said, but the location is called dark meat city, which is kind of like, mm, especially when it's supposed, it's supposed to be a literal other world flip side take on like the ghetto side of LA. So it's kind of to call it dark meat city. It's kind of like, oh, it's probably just because it sounds better on how it's supposed to sound in French. And it doesn't do well over here. Um, <laughs> so, but other than that, it's just, um, it's, it's still, it's still a dope movie. It's just, it's just fucking crazy with uh, every, all, all the shit that happens. Yeah. So it's really a world with no rules um and but you're just locked down with like these three weird ass people that just should not be surviving in this world and so i'm excited for like this one because um this is actually more of a literal adaptation towards the movie and it definitely cuts about like 20 minutes into the movie so we'll probably get like an actual series set series of the of this instead of like what was, what was the other thing behemoth uh, adapted or took on a girl walks home alone at night. I'm oh, only yeah, got, two, yeah. I got two issues of those. And that one seemed more like it was diving into like the lore of her vampire is, I mean, I did want more of that and just cut right then and there. It's kind of like, Oh, that sucks. And so I guess like there's like, there's like their new movie IP that they got. And it's actually really cool. I was just like, yeah, a literal adaptation.
1: Nice. All right. Great. Well, let's kick over to another publisher. We're going through these quick publishers and we're going to start next with Oni press. I have one book for Oni Press, which is Janna and the Unpossible Monsters. Um, This book is getting more and more charming as I read it. So written by Chris and Laura Samney, arts by Chris Samney, colors by Matt Wilson, and lettered by Crank. So when we left off, the two sisters are reunited um, and they meet a group of survivors that are fighting back against the monsters and they get attacked by this like really big monster. And, This, again, it gave me a really Hanna-Barbera feel at times just because, like, it was cool because, like, the two adults are attacking this monster, and it looks awesome, and the action's cool, and they all look badass and stuff, and then they're fighting it, and it looks like one of them's about to die. It's like, there's all these cool moves being used and stuff, and then the little girl just gets up, toddles over there, and punches the monster straight in the face oh, yeah. <laughs> and knocks it into the next county, basically. So oh, she has yes, yes. basically, so she's like Hannah Barbera super strong, like a Bam Bam tie, like, which I was like, oh, this is awesome. And so it's really, really a lot of fun. And everybody's like, wow, we should team up with her. And they're like, no, thank you. We're on our own, basically. So um, it's really cute and fun. Like I said, my only gripe with this book is. And I think it's just because of how like greatly visual it is. We don't get a lot in each issue, mm-hmm. like it, it's. But I think each issue is doing a good job of making itself distinct from each other. So it's still really, really enjoyable. And just yeah, I really like the characters. They're a lot of fun. So uh, highly recommend. Once again, great all ages book as I've said in the past. So I will keep saying it. Um, so next up, let's move over to Mad Cave Studios. Host Sway. Tell me about Beckstar 2, which I could not find this
2: week.
3: Beckstar number 2. I man, I feel like you would actually like this because it is like one of those like sci-fi books where we have like the ragtag team. This one written by Joe um, Corallo, l- artist by Lorenzo Calangeli, mm-hmm. And, oh yeah, I guess cover artist is uh, Sweeney Boo. Lettering, there is. Uh, John Matt Keaton. It did give me very strong Vagrant Queen vibes. Yeah, pretty much. But instead of just being like her, it's kind of like if she had like, two more of her but not being the the same character but two other very individuals with their own personality instead of just like the one you know yeah uh no it's but it's really cool i like this one a lot more than the first one uh because you actually get some actually serious character development like the first one it just felt like okay we gotta introduce everybody so it almost felt like they each were trying to like one up each other on like what made them interesting and made them all interesting it's all together in a way just cause like, I just want to know what the point of it was where like the point of the story is there was a, there was a group who all a group of four who all found these magical artifacts. And one of them kind of turned dark side. So now wants all the magical artifacts. Right. Cool. Hmm. So um, the, one of the ones from the group, uh, she was like kind of like, the most drunk one, like the most attitude one, very, the most banger vagrant queen one. Uh, she was one that got, they got the serious character development in this issue where they're off to go find one of the other artifacts but she knew that it wasn't going to be easy. It was pretty much like a it was like a laid out test set of booby traps to find a thing to go find said artifact and when she <laughs> got there there was like a something manifested in front of her where it was something that she needed as some sort of a, some sort of closure for something that we're going to get that's been alluded to so in this case it's like yeah it didn't really it didn't really really it didn't really mean that much for us with her in that scene in that moment but it was definitely something i want. i did i was needed to be seen from this character altogether uh just because like it, it just seemed like some. if it didn't happen now it was going to happen like what eight issues from now and she was just going to be just like yeah the the hard stoic just like i'm a bitch for for no reason and just and i'm the boss you know but in this case you got to see like see her vulnerable and it, it, just, it just it just helped out it just helped out for the whole situation and then just like something really cool happens but i really i kind of do want to read this book too and now i'm actually really more interested in the book altogether just because they just seem more human like now just they actually just seem more relatable now so yeah
1: yeah I, I like what i what i saw but like i said um it was a weird week for comics guys uh mm-hmm. we're going to be talking about this a little bit so we might as well get out of the way um the comic stores in Phoenix didn't get their diamond shipment in until halfway through Wednesday and I have to pick up my books at a specific time I was there long story short it didn't work out very well Um, but so certain books just aren't um, aren't I didn't wasn't able to obtain so Beckstar was one of them mostly the ones that are really hard to find of course so Mm -hmm. and then of course there were several cancellations that I wasn't even made aware of Uh, so yeah great uh, so we got to re- we really got to find a better way of like a, a thing that updates when things are pushed. So seriously, if if anyone listening has a recommendation, let us know. We currently use uh, what's it called Le- League of Comic Geeks. Yeah. So if you find anything better than that, please let us know. So, all right, let's move on to a regular favorite of ours, AfterShock Comics. We have three books for AfterShock. Yes. And I'm going to start off with one, and then Hostway has two. I'm gonna start with the bequest number four. Um, so this is the final issue of the run, by the way.
3: Ooh, okay. Oh, so really? it is
1: only it's only a four-issue run. So oh, I know no you shit. I think you got the early issues, right?
3: I got the one and two, yeah. So I, it could be easy to find three and four.
1: Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. Written by Tim written by Tim Seely, arts by Freddie E. Williams the second, uh, coloring Jeremy Colwell and lettering by Marshall Dillon. Um I actually muttered aloud. And I mean this in the most complimentary way possible. As I was reading this, I muttered aloud, "Tim Seeley's back on his shit again." <laughs> and Which, if he hears this
3: when he does, um, it would be a compl- it will be a
1: compliment. <laughs> yes, because though the bad guy gives this, you know, fucking monologue to his followers, and it's like someone goes, "What do you want?" And he goes, "It's not what I want. It's what I need. What I need is a country that recognizes truth." Truth that freedom and liberty are dying at the hands of the corrupt elite, the scientists, the experts, the media, the socialist left, all of them (laughs) hiding the truth that this country belongs to us, white men. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) I love Tim so much. (laughs) uh when we interviewed him i was like oh he seems like he's a pretty liberal dude." (laughs) now i'm like every book comes out i'm like yeah um the uh, white men the founders of this nation who forged it and defended it in our blood and it's like what the fuck man (laughs) like like, it's so good between this and money shot oh my god it's best so basically in the end they have to have they have to have a fight with the big bad um one of the big bads uh basically they have yeah it's just a really dope fight i don't want it to give you a blow by blow it's fucking great read it oh no i'm definitely gonna if, if it ended it for
3: sure like why would i stop halfway there i'm definitely gonna finish this we do have a shocking death oh no yeah
1: um <laughs> please don't let it be my <laughs> it, okay of the five of them
3: you can probably guess who it is i mean it's probably the one i if it's like the dude i unseemingly didn't anticipate. I was going to love the most you talk about warlock and it would be warlock. It's not yeah, warlock. It? Warlock's thank the main God. character of the story.
1: Okay. Thank God. Uh, do you want to know? Um, no, cause I, I'm going to hunt these down. Okay. Um, i'll just tell you this if you find out you go oh okay <laughs> like i don't, I don't <laughs> see you being like no <laughs> honestly it was only warlock because i just like i didn't think i was
3: gonna like just grab onto him as much as i do i did because he's just so fucking funny we find out
1: so much about his past oh
2: man we okay. find out
1: why he's named warlock i'm gonna spoil this for you because okay cool. cool for sure his parents are the two most powerful mages of like opposing forces <laughs> And so he was destined to be the most powerful mage. So they named him Warlock because that was the role he was going to have. Yeah. And he t- turned into a drunken brawler. And <laughs> so. Yes. That's, that's, that's the only reasoning I needed. <laughs> that's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's great. It's so Tim Seeley and I love it. So wonderful book. Uh, check out the mini when it comes out. Uh, he does. They do a really great uh, thing at the end. You know, a, a hey, thanks for reading thing. Mm-hmm. And Tim does say at the end of it. Uh, blah blah, blah. Um, and I hope most of all that Freddie, Jeremy, Marshall, Christina, Mike, and I can come back and tell more stories about the War Party and their not so politically correct adventures <laughs> through a not so sane world. So cool. Hopefully, <laughs> so loved it. Uh, highly recommend it. When the trade comes out, pick it up. It's absolutely wonderful. If you're a digital comics person. Um, purchase it. Comixology, wherever you might purchase your digital comics. Uh, but yeah, really, really good moving on host Let us start with nuclear family five. This oh is boy. an ending two endings yeah. in a row. Nuclear family. Number five. This is by
3: Stephanie Phillips. Um, art by Tony Shastain, colors, JD Medler and lettering by Troy, uh, Petteri. man. Okay. So how do we get to the ending here? Um, where we're 10 years in the future and the bombs did go up. And in this case, uh, for some reason out of nowhere, yes, 10 years later, it was their house that just kind of was like poofed out of nowhere. And like, as, as, as it was that decade ago before the bombs went up. Right. So where we left off was like the, the governor that was running the underground city in the future said, yo, I'm leaving with you guys. Like I I got you an exit and I'll leave with you guys. And here's the plan he pretty much like gets him to like, the front door. He's like, just walk three miles, just straight, and I'll meet you over there. Um, and they're like, yo, as they're doing it, because like they really have no other choice. It's like, what if that was all bullshit? What if he just, what if he's not there? He's, like, oh, it's like, possibility. <laughs> knowing how this dude is just like a scheming asshole, but no, he's actually there, and he's like, he's there, he's there with the truck, and they pretty much like now are trekking back to the house, and they're being like, all right, Dad, like, what was it that you fucking did when this happened? and so yeah like i was telling telling us all, all those times ago is that he was tinkering he has like this elaborate radio set like cb radio set in, in his basement and all he was doing he was just trying to boost the signal the whole time just to see if it would it would work better and then that's when the alarms went off and the bombs went hmm. um, and they were sent to the future so as they're kind of still trekking to the house the car breaks down or because or sorry missiles start coming down because the governor had just like had requested order. He were just like, oh shit, it's too soon. And one of the creators like gets like gets caught under the wheel. It's like, oh shit, they have to like run into the house. And this is where like just a fallout ghouls like pretty much, like are running after them. It's pretty much like all the experiments that they let loose. Like all the experiments that, that the governor was running are pretty much like after them. So they make a break for the house and and it's pretty much like now it's like a, a, a standoff to just like trying to hold the floor while the dad is just like trying to tinker with the fucking radio set. Um and Throughout this whole time, we're being told two stories. We're being told—I mean, like everything I'm telling you right now—and another ten years prior, back when uh, the dad was in the Korean Korean War, and he was—and at one point he was—and he was with his best friend, um, the one that in this future didn't believe that it was that they knew each other. Um, They're just talking to each other. It's like, oh, like about about their home, sweethearts, and stuff. When Mm -hmm. the alarms go off there too, and the bombs are dropping, and they're like—and he figures out, like, yo, those bombs came from the east that should be holy shit this might be friendly fire then and he and he goes goes and starts fucking with the radio um and he tells them yo like hey does anybody And once he finally starts getting to work and it's like yo is this might be friendly fire get a bomb stop, stop the bombs there's like there's like a shot of like one last bomb dropping maybe on them and this is where it cuts to um back at home and they're back at the present and everything's all nice and nice and dandy like it, it's prices averted we're at the last page only right before everything all the shit went down the governor that was with them he pretty much like also took like a sacrificial approach where and he ended up losing his glasses and they just found the floor and those ended up in the future like everybody should have ended in the future um the the at least now in their present the family of four the governor and then the other kid the one that the daughter kind of like had a little thing for them they them two were just completely not in the house. It just it just it doesn't really get explained if they were just, just because in this future they no longer exist. They just they didn't get to squeeze by and like cause and like cause that paradox. But the the glasses still lingered so it just kinda leaves that like just, like it's like that open endedness. But now I'm also thinking like what if like this whole thing has been bullshit and maybe the dad actually did die in the Korean War and it's just been like his own like maybe like slice of heaven and future and little sci-fi nerd that kind of like went a little more into the future so right yeah so uh right, it's like i was like why paint this little side story why it's paint this little past story but yeah other than that like it was a <laughs> it was a great book it just d- definitely had me like a grip the whole time i'm like when are we gonna, how are we gonna get back to the present or in this case into the past uh but yeah good job stephanie phillips yeah she always does great
1: work mm-hmm. big fan all right, uh, now let's talk about another book that we uh, that I wasn't able to pick up. So I'm very curious to see what you thought. Phantom on the Scan, number three. Oh man,
3: I just want to keep spoilers like because um, you do, you do get to find, some, find out some stuff. But I just want to start out with again another fucking song with this book, like to add to the score. <laughs> and the thing about what I like about these songs that these, that these added songs is that they really don't have a vibe with the book. They they don't. They're not like like weirdly ominous or eerie to make to sink you into the actual creepiness of the book. It just has this uh, sound that just almost like shouldn't be here, but then almost just, just sounds so right because of just why this book is so weird. Um, And yeah, let's let's dive into it. Um, Remember what happened last time with Victor just showing up at that other scientist. So yeah, he pretty much just takes care of business just with the guy. And then just tells like the crew and being like, yeah, uh, you know, I did this for your own good. You're pre- you're pretty much welcome, and then just like walks away. And I just like <laughs> just pretty much like everybody's like you're welcome, hands, like, and he just walks away. <laughs> like he much doesn't do anything. Um, like or like the main guy, he goes up like, "Yo, you fucking killed him," and he goes for a for a punch, and he just like telekinesis him, like just like to the the wall, and just like, "Yeah, you're damn right, I killed him." Like, but I'm not the monster here. He killed me first. Give it time, and then just like you'll see what I mean. And then he just walks. He literally just walks away. So now they're just not and so another group is even more confused. And like, they thought there were, he was there for them too. And so they have like one more lead on another scientist that they can go to. And this is the part where I kind of all go light on spoilers. Cause two power, two powers get used. And on the first, on the first one, you do get answers or at least like what kind of what happened to them all that time ago. And like, or why they're, they're the way they are. right? And then, and it's the last one um, as they're on the way to the, the next lead the next scientist that, that knows stuff the another person uses their powers too in order to get there and find them and to warn him that yo like yo victor's on the way here to get you like mm-hmm. fucking bold. um this is where we get like the the cliffhanger and it's like one of those where it's like oh shit like i forgot that that this that this shit was happening too and it's like fuck i just really i really like this book <laughs>
1: nice yeah I've, I've liked what i've seen literally the phoenix valley got no copies at all so but you said that they
3: these papers so hopefully they're just like the specific book is just late and look will get there and you'll still get it next week
1: yeah yeah definitely um i'm hoping so um i already reserved a copy for when they come in so Sweet. um awesome okay let's move on to dark horse i got a dark horse book uh, i got issue four of lady baltimore uh lady baltimore uh is the the one oh by the way sorry um creative team for phantom <clears> on the <throat> scan you didn't do oh that. yeah uh colin bunn as a, the writer uh mark torres as an artist and dave sharp as the letter okay perfect yeah <laughs> i was about to do mine okay so lady baltimore creative team is written by mike Magnola and christopher golden art by bridget connell colors by michelle madsen and letters by clem robbins uh this is a pretty dope cover it's probably my favorite cover so far Oh yeah, it is. It's pretty sick. The Witch Queens. Um, so basically, we have these Nazi witches attacking the, and <laughs> I just, I just love Nazi witches. It's such a great, <laughs> stupid concept. I love it. And the fact they call them the Hexen Corps, which I'm like, yeah, oh <laughs> that's God. good shit. Yeah. So basically, they recruit a, um, a golem. Into their into their um, side to fight the witches, and the golem's like just looks around, and goes witches, and just starts going towards the witches. Like basically, it's pretty funny. Um, and yeah, they're fighting back. The problem is the golem leaves the the city or the village it was guarding, so that village starts getting attacked. And uh, they're fighting everything, and the, we find out that the Hexen Corps have been combining their powers. And they all start doing this shit right here, Josue. So, see, I like they're all together and they all start casting oh, spells into the Ooh, air. Yeah. And then we see our next issue is last issue, by the way. We see. Okay.
3: <gasps> what?
1: Sick. Yes. Yes. That's dope. <laughs> yeah. So, we get a big monster, for those of you on our audio show. <laughs> um, we get a big monster coming out of the water. So, very cool. I'm, I was very surprised by this book. Um, and how much I liked it. I'd really picked it up on a whim. I'd never heard of it before or anything like that. So really good stuff. Uh, one issue left and I'll definitely talk about it more then. moving on. Josue talk to me about magma comics and the modern Frankenstein. Oh man. Oh boy. So
3: this one by Paul Cornell, uh, art by Emma Vichelli and color eye by Pipa Bolin, and lettering by Simon Bolin. So we finally find out who our, <laughs> who our uh, Frankenstein monster experiment was from, like the the little skate, the little skate artist that he was, mm-hmm. and it was this, it was basically this basically a vlogger piece of shit dude who just, who would have a show or at least a, um, a fucking. Yeah, basically a show that's titled that's Live Your Male Power. The, the, those types of fucking people. Uh, and that's who they decided to, to kidnap. And that's who was the experiment. And this is who uh, our dear, dear protagonist uh, really fell for, for James for I'm trying to find her fucking name. But yeah, this, this is who the experiment was that she and Dr. Frankenstein kind of like both kind of like worked on together in order to i mean for her to prove herself that she was just as much as the doctor that he that he is it wasn't just like Mm -hmm. this whole time it's like she's the narration in this in this issue is her writing a letter to her mom it almost sounds a little bit confessional and and it's and she kind of does allude in case we do get found out you'll know my reasonings on why i did all this um one of them being because like this issue is about them kind of going to retrieve set experiment experiment or monster that escaped once they do get him, She was the one that euthanized him. She, he was going to do it. And he's like, no, no, no. Like I, I want to do it just so I can, just so this can make me just as much as complicit as you are. And it wasn't, and it's not one of those that you, you forced me into do it or I never knew what you were doing. Um, in this case. Yeah. She's just as equal as, as he is. Hmm. So I take him back. Um, and, In this book, there wasn't as much sexy times as there was in the first two. I was going to say you haven't said anything sexy. (laughs) No, I mean there was there was a moment where they were about to, and she has like a really, she delivers a really really good line before it gets cut off, Um, before it gets cut off by the sirens because that's when he decided to escape. But in the end, you think there's gonna be some some time for some sexy times, but no, there was there's more than enough sexy times because this whole time these doctors. Because there were several levels of protection that had been somehow bypassed here. And, uh-oh. Uh-oh. Yeah. Use, <laughs> use protection, people. Even if you think you're the smartest people in the room, still. For so, our audio listeners. For our audio listeners. <laughs> <laughs> she was looking at a pregnancy test. <laughs> yes. Uh, a lot of sexy times did happen, and now there's proof that there was. So, uh-oh. Yeah. That's I, I, actually i enjoy this <laughs> book a lot it's just so fun to talk about
1: yeah awesome all right we are moving on another publisher Blaze publishing we are going to talk about eros and psyche number four uh easily my favorite issue of this so far oh really yeah i got this cover yeah yeah so um it's, uh, what was it? The, was it the A cover? Yeah, it's the, it cover, the a, cover, but it's really nice. So, mm-hmm. uh, so we see the, the group of girls whittle down and we get them whittle down pretty quickly at this point.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and we get an expect or we get a, a idea that a lot of time is passing and we finally see the relationship between our two ladies, late leading ladies, I should say, uh, become romantic in nature mm-hmm. which was great um the highlight for me and this is you know this is the most basic take possible because this is what everybody's gonna say but i absolutely loved it when the string broke oh yeah and then when they finally kissed the shot of the string tied back together when it was t- how it was tied yeah yeah that was absolutely beautiful i loved that so uh, again a very basic take on it but i thought that was great and then, slowly but surely, we get whittled down, so only the two of them are left. And is the, la- is the next issue the last issue? It says it's, to be continued. Mm, but, yeah, right. But never that's never, like, a guarantee. Yeah. So, I really enjoyed it, though. It's really, really good. This one was like, the one I was kind of like most confused
3: about. It was, like, the one that was said the least about kind of what was happening, what was going on. It was definitely yeah. It was definitely more up for your interpretation of what was happening in the panels. Uh, mm-hmm. But holy shit, for being a penultimate issue, I was like, I was expecting a little bit more of someone explanation at least like into the school, but it just seemed like such a personal take on like the events that happened last issue. Um, but yeah, other than that, it, still like the, the parts that you said were really good. And again, like it just, I can't blame it on the art. Like again, creative team was just, Murray, I love it. And she just really nails it. I like, I like how we just had Luna's ending and pretty much like no spot was like unused uh, in her like in her pages it was it was so fucking awesome and in this case there's just so much blank space it just it just
1: feels like such a I, personal book i adore how she uses the lack of color in this yeah book. no honestly the me blacks too. and the whites it's just so great like it i just love it i like that it just it triggers
3: my brain to be like should i be reading more into this because it's like it's not offering a lot of words so i should, i feel like i should be and that's kind of like where I, what makes me like the book
1: yeah, it's great. It's it's drawn like an independent film is shot. That's the way I think of it. <laughs> yeah, like a really artsy independent film. Yeah, like Clerks. <laughs> 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 yeah, really good stuff. So awesome. Let's move on to finally a big vault week. Yes. Um, we had a couple of lean weeks there for a while, but I'm so glad. Hostley, talk to me about Shadow Service. What number is it, by the way?
3: This Shadow Service is number nine. Perfect. Park and this God. by Kavanska. Artist is Corn Howell. And colors is Trina Farrell. And lettering by Andworld. We get the dude who is running. Um, the kid who runs Mi Six Six Six. We get his backstory. And oh, boy. <laughs> oh man, and his backstory. And we get to see almost like why he's like an immortal, or why he's kind of been trapped as like an immortal little boy. And his story starts all the way back in 1582. And he was basically just like a uh, – yeah, one of those boys that kind of serves the church and was – and and it's so funny that it's, like, how it starts because, like, he's literally fetching wine for the, the priest. And when he's approaching the door, he's like, hey, can I come in? Is it – is it okay? And then he peeks in because nobody's answering, and the priest is literally – Butt ass naked in front of this gorgeous angel. What the fuck? It's so cool. And the and the, of course the priest's like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> it's like, I figured. I think you just told him to go fetch you some wine, right? This this is why the story is starting here. Why <laughs> would you start doing this shit right now? Um, so of course <laughs> like, like, I have time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so of course the little boy freaks out and like, literally As runs away. <laughs> there is like there is another guy that's working in the church too and mean and they catch him like oh, and just does the whole like oh it's okay little boy and but he's also in on it too so they basically use him
1: uh, as part of a ritual and they just tattoo okay, for those who can't see this it's not a sexual thing no, 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 no. You're saying priests use little boy. I want to make sure that was clear. So.
3: Oh, yeah. No, I mean, as, well, after I just said a ritual, all the ritual stuff, I, I guess I'm alluding to more of a science <laughs> take, and they use yeah. the little boy as part of a ritual, and they just start okay. tattoo, tattooing his whole body. And almost, like, and that thing that he was, that the priest was uh, praying to, that angel, demon-like looking thing, um, they basically trap that, that, that deity into the little boy, and that's why the little boy is almost, like, all-knowing now, and super smart, and, like, that's not, up, dude <laughs> yeah dude this book is so fucking dark and, and again i just i love the art because then like we come back to the present and we come back to um the the, the protagonist that was then betrayed the mi-666 and now is being held captive by the people who she betrayed him for and now that demon from the uh the demon that's been kind of like running the show from the bad guy side peeks into her brain because like just like Right, who who is this? Just a simple witch, and when she peeks at her, she's that that demon lady she sees herself again. I fucking love the art. She sees herself staked out by to assume is like her the 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 chick, the protagonist uh, Gina, and it's like this page is just this spread is just like holy fucking shit, and then she freaks out. The demon lady just freaks out. And it's like what the fuck, and it becomes an all like and like almost like just chaos ensues now. um she reverts to her actual demon self, this giant albino, like, demon thing, like, snake-looking thing. Jesus. R- really cool. And at this point, now the rest of the MI666 characters, like, jump in, and they all kind of, like, they are now, like, or they teamed up again. Now, like, it's, like, bullshit aside, like, betrayals aside, uh, we all need to work together because shit's about to literally blow up over at, uh, where, where's Big Ben at? What, what's the whole place called?
1: London? Oh, in London, but what's this actual, like, this thing's actually going to blow up. Oh, uh, I don't know. Is that Westminster Abbey? Is it Parliament? I don't
3: know. Is it Parliament? Yeah, it's literally where, where Big Ben is at. Like the like the end of *Viva Vendetta*. So like I guess it is Parliament. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that shit's about to blow up because that's really kind of been like the whole end game from like the bad guy side. And i mean obviously the, from what we've seen from other books and, and of uh, authorian legends and stuff aside, the government knows a little more than they than they lead on with. So holy shit, a lot's about to happen in the next issue. She's literally about to blow up. And yeah, that that double spread, that double page spread about the potential future was just like, I, I need to know what kind of power scale this is because holy yeah, that's shit, crazy, dude. especially because like the, the demons on the bottom, it's just like it's literally just nothing but carnage, and yeah. just to see her just staked out that way, and then like <laughs> what? <laughs> no, uh, people need to start reading Shadow Service. Like um, I hope it goes on for another volume or something because I cannot let go of this art. I'm really gonna be looking for. Corn um, Howell in uh, for this next project. This this guy needs to blow up on some more.
1: Gotcha. Okay, sweet. Um, let's see here. Isn't Ren a woman?
3: Corn. Oh shit, my bad.
1: I thought Corn's a woman. Yeah.
3: Corn. Oh, yeah, Corn Howell has to fucking kill it. Then it's like somewhere else. Yeah. Like.
1: <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> you you had me doubt myself for a second there. Oh my bad. Um, maybe not. I, I, the The pictures are always their art, so I honestly don't know. Tell us about it on t- on Twitter, because <laughs> I'm very familiar with your Twitter because I see it all the time. Um, yeah, I think it's a one. Um, because they do they do calamity Kate and stuff too. So, oh, nice. Okay, anyways, yeah. Um, cool. Moving on from Shadow Service to Giga huh. Giga number four. It feels like it's a while since we got a Giga.
3: Yeah, this one comes out very sporadically.
1: Yeah, uh, obviously published by Vault, written by Alex Paknadel, drawn by John Lee, colorist is Rush, and letter is Aditya car With Danny Lore doing the sensitivity reading, we love Danny Lore; she's great. So, uh, or they're great. Um, so this one, uh, it took me a minute because I struggled again. It's been a while, so I was like, "Wait, what happened last?" <laughs> like I was <laughs> like, it took me a minute to be like, "Okay, let me let me figure out where I was." And um, but I adapted pretty quickly no we found out quite a bit more about um about kind of the struggle between the city and the outsiders and what's going on and we see some really barbaric moments of violence actually Yeah. like when they gun the guy down when he's all he was doing was trading spices and like when he says i have kids and like hopefully they run faster than you do. i was like jesus christ dude like um and we find out more about you know hacking into the to the gigas and what goes on and everything. And then we get this crazy thing, which I'm not going to talk about because I want oh, people, to, if you read this book, I want you to discover what happens here yourself. Um, but it's a pretty great, um, I would say it feels like a penultimate issue of the arc, at least. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if the arc's going to be four or five or six, but it definitely feels like a lot happened to build up in this. And I really liked it. So what about you? Uh, definitely the same, especially
3: like the in this case with Aiko and like her journey on like Trying to pilot or just like going into like the mechs, um, that was something I just like. I was kind of like looking out for too because it's kind of like they're just living there, but there should be there should should be something more piloting to them. And it seems like it's like it's just not that easy. And she's just like going with the other direction, just like using them as bombs, like in their in her own way. It's like fuck. But other than that, yeah, no, definitely like the the it being a while definitely took me a while to adapt into the adapt or follow back into into the story as well. Um, but I don't know. Yeah, you're right with the whole uh, penultimate issue thing. It seems like it's kind of like leading up to something big here in this in this next one.
1: Yeah, like it, it did a good job of developing both sides of it separately, but also pointed them at each other at the end. You right. Know? So it's definitely leading to the conflict. So very good book. Um, happy to see it back. Next up, our final vault book, and kind of a surprise book for us because I know when we first saw it, we were kind of like, eh. Vault doing superheroes? Do we need Vault doing superheroes? It's kind of not their thing. Uh, the Blue Flame, number two. Written by Christopher Cantwell. Drawn by Adam Gorham. Colored by Kurt Michael, Kurt Michael Russell. lettered by Hassan Otsam- Otsmani El-Hau. Um, of course, because it's Vault, it's not a typical superhero book. Yeah. Um, so we got the two stories running concurrently. And the one is in our real world. Where there's a mass shooting. There's a bunch of people that are basically vigilantes in their local town and they're unpowered, but they're just like, yeah, we're going to do this. We're going to do the right thing. They're almost a neighborhood watch. <laughs> and, and then they're making a personal appearance and they get gunned down. Then we cut to the blue flame who is one of the heroes in that world and is an actual Nova like hero, Nova green lantern, maybe type hero uh, in this world. Yeah. And he's basically there to defend the the human race against extinction, and to justify its existence. And the relation between the two worlds has been kind of cloudy, and we've been trying to figure out what exactly is going on here. You know what's what's happening? How is this working out? We get a little peek into it, and I don't want to get I don't want to get too much into it because again, it's the kind of thing I would want people to really experience. Yeah, but we definitely see there is a connection now. And we get a point of view of a character throughout most of the book that we don't even really understand who they are until the end um, that I thought was really well done. Cause I was kind of like, who is this? What's going on here? I, like, I was curious to know I wasn't bored, you know? <laughs> um, but yeah, I really, really dug it. Um, it's a great start so far. Um, what do you think? Honestly? No, I like it too. Especially kind of like,
3: I still don't know what side to believe what side I'm supposed to really lean on. Um and this one did that. I like on the first one, you, you do follow the space and then you, and then you get, you get sent to the back and you kind of like and that was like that was a good bait and switch. In this case, both stories were running concurrently. Really, is kind of like it made me a little bit more confused I, in a way where it's kind of like now I really don't know where my theory should go. I'll, I'll need definitely for sure for for like the next issue. Um, but that being said, the journey on it or like when we get to the one potential like the future one. And he's having the conversation with that alien, and like the, the part where, where he's kind of like warning him is like, yo, like you can't fuck this up. Like it's like it's, it's your one test, your one chance to prove why you why you all should join this collective union. Yeah, don't fuck it up like I did. And you're like, oh shit, like why would this guy look out for uh, this this one human when he messed up too? When, but he's actually kind of looking out for like the next people, the next planet to join. And it's kind of like, what's yeah, that was a the, cool move. I like that. That was a cool <laughs> move because it just shows how like the, the galactic council, the space council, all those ethers should be that selfless as opposed to our sh- selfishness here on earth. Uh, so I, I really like that bit.
1: Yeah. Uh, Vault doesn't shy from, You know, making a political statement, we always love them for. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Awesome. Uh, Moving on away from vault. Let's go to image comic books. Take a moment for you to fill in the blank of what you need to hear every time I say that name. Cool. All right. Uh, We're going to start with some solo books. I am going to start with the old guard tales through time. Uh, I'm not being mocking. I actually really enjoyed this book. So this is the one It's kind of like uh, Kind of like a mini um, I'm trying to think of the word to use I don't know It's a bunch of short stories But there's only two in each issue So it's not like a full on collection But when it's a trade it will be So uh, This one there's two stories And the first one is written by Brian Michael Bendis Oh shit nice With art by Michael Avon Oming And color by Taki Soma the second story is written by Robert McKenzie and Dave Walker, with art by Justin Greenwood and colors by Daniel Miwa. Is that like a powers reunion? With Bendis and Oeming? I think so, yeah. I, I. You know what? I was looking at this and I was kind of like, why is this so familiar? I didn't realize Oeming I mean was yeah. powers. I, don't, I totally get it now. I'm looking at it I'm like this is powers. Of course it is. I'm stupid. <laughs> so, um, And again, we get some really great short stories. We find out... Um, Again, it's all about the characters from the Old Guard. I, I don't want to get too much into it. Um, if you enjoyed the book or the movie uh, and the original comic, pick this up because it's going to flesh out a lot of characters and kind of really highlights the whole trapped in time aspect. This one does a really good job of, tra- of, of really highlighting the everyone around you ages while you don't. Mm. So it's just really, really interesting. So... Um, and then uh, the second one was uh, <laughs> the second one was pretty fun. Uh, I enjoyed it quite a bit. It was about uh, them trying to find a serial killer, and uh, basically, what do you do if two immortals are hunting you down? And you're a serial killer. You know what I mean? Like, there's not a lot you can really do about it in the end. So, but they're both really, really good. I really enjoyed it. Uh, again, not too many spoilers. I want to get into because. You know, I really want people to enjoy it. And it's such a you know superstar team. So, yeah. Really, really good. Uh, next up, Undiscovered Country 13. It's back. Back again. <laughs> Cover? Yeah. Written by Scott Snyder and Charles Soule. Art by Giuseppe Comincoli and Leonardo Marcello Grassi. Coloring by Matt Wilson and lettered by Crink. So... We're moving on to the third world in the new America. And what is this world? Well, the first world was freedom. And freedom was... What is freedom in the end? It's chaos. If you have ultimate freedom to do whatever you want, it's chaos, right? So that's the Mad Max world. And then the second one was basically technology, advancement. What if we had unbridled technology? Well, we'll stop caring about other people and we'll pay whatever cost we need to to get the next step. And so... Basically we find out that every bit Of humanity Taken out you know to its extreme is bad Basically is the way to look at it This one is zone possibility And this one Is where all of culture Is created music movies Poems everything And it's a sea With a bunch of islands Mm. And Uncle Sam shows up again this time Dressed as a pirate (laughs) (laughs) And uh he's like what island do we need to go to and so one's called like canvas and it looks like uh like a a painter's thing with a with oh the, see. yeah they're all they're all like differently shaped and so like lorville like chapter house like it's just literally like where are we going to go to be inspired and the way to get out of this one is to um they have to create basically a masterpiece Mm. and and then suddenly they're, they're on their boat and Sam's arm gets shot off by a, by a cannon and who's approaching but a bunch of gangsters on a boat oh, now shit. you might notice they're in black and white yeah. they're called the noir people <laughs> <laughs> of course so you you can imagine I love this already uh, so yeah it's just a lot of fun they get attacked and the whole thing was that they um that they need to you know create this thing in order to get by and then uh it's focusing on one of the main characters who was obsessed with the superhero as a child and when they she washes ashore on an island she comes face to face with that superhero who's <laughs> like i'm here to help you little lady so maybe the story is going to be based around that i don't know it's really cool though i'm glad this book's back it's only grown on me from the beginning so good stuff um Next up, Hosway, give yes. us our our regularly scheduled Bitterroot update.
3: Yes, Bitterroot. This is a uh, part four of volume three, and uh, this is uh, created by David F. Walker, Chuck Brown, and Sanford Green. Color artist is Sophie Dotson, and uh, lettering by Hassan Otamana Otte- 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 and Olau. Okay. bye. I've been really loving this uh, this volume, but to be like, it's like one of the most like spoilery ones that, that really happened. It's like if you're in the know, then you know. Uh, but I'll just kind of keep it again, kind of light on this one because um, this issue kind of does focus. It does focus on like three three people in particular. It focuses uh, with uh, Enoch, like uh, uh, Uncle Enoch, and it, at first it's, it's kind of a confessional, and but be- meanwhile showing the process all those years ago when he. Discovered by literally by accident, him he's a he's a man of science, but he kind of started tinkering with some magic, and it kind of became like s- that science that can't be explained as magic, and vice versa. And that's mm-hmm. how he got those like the cute bunnies to come around on his side. And in this case, it was like they scared the shit of him, but then he realized like that they're that they're like the good side from from their from their purgatory. we will get that in a second, and then we jump into the present-ish or at least like to like the one last battle and it's a, it kind of starts jumping back and forth but it's really focusing on Blink and her kind of like having her own internal monologue on how she's losing hope and it's like or at least like losing that confidence on where we last left off on where Ma Edda uh, entrusted her to be like the new leader of like all of like the all, all the all the groups or at least like at least and also for the Sanjirs like the new head of the family and now she's kind of like feeling like maybe she not she might not be up for it and then we cut to the third character. Uh, we cut to uh, the place Barzak, which is kind of like their their own purgatory. And we cut to Doctor Sylvester. And this whole time, he's he chose to stay behind so he so he can kind of figure out a way to to beat the Janu. And he, and he said like he wouldn't come back until he finally figured it out. So he's been struggling. He actually found his own path. And again, you get these weird visuals, and it's like so he found his own path and is finding his own discoveries. Mm-hmm. that's him that's like the stature of the whole thing so he's in front of this giant uh, this giant statue and he's like and like, that's where it cuts off and i like, guess sorry there's like another character for for a second It does focus on ma etta and the steps that she needs to take and for this last fight and she takes this concoction it literally taps into this like afterlife and she sees like these other warriors that are like through throughout this fog and like they might be joining us because like they're literally the people who are like in the back of like the cover like these are like our regular our, Main characters, but right. these people in the back are joining the fight. That's who, literally who she, who she, she, basically called. Nice. And that kind of is jumping all over the place, and everybody's like still kind of like wrapping up like their thoughts. Um, and then, but but mainly at, at the end, we come back to blink and to what is supposed to be now like the actual present. Um, literally a year, where it's kind of like this this chapter has been kind of like jumping time a lot. The actual present right now, it's like in the story, it's 1925, and she's leaning over some graves. And kind of does, like, its own, like, little spoilery take. And even though we've seen, we've been seeing these characters alive right now. Um, but, and this is, like, who she's kind of, like, not been monologuing to, but talking to. And somebody shows up. And Janu show up. And so it's, like, guys, it's time to fight. And this person's all, ar- like, armored up and helps her out. Helmet comes off. And it's Dr. Sylvester. All those years ago, like, when he's, like, when he's in Barzak, he's kind of been trapped there for shit doesn't say but he's kind of been trapped since like at the end of the first of the first volume and now he's back and he has some answers and yeah and that's literally where, where it gets left off and i think the ne- yeah the next issue should be the last one for this chapter yeah mm-hmm. for, for yeah for this volume it even says to be concluded but it's not the actual story like i feel like shit's just starting out or we're all
1: just we're all just getting together it cannot be <laughs> the end nice yeah i mean it's doing so well Oh totally. It'd be ridiculous to end it right now. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. All right, we have a couple shared vault books. Let's start off. Let me pull it up here. Let's start off with Shadecraft number four. Uh, written by Joe Henderson, drawn by Lee Garbett, colored by Antonio Fabella, and lettered by Simon Bowlin or Bolin. Um man, how do we talk about this without spoiling? It's so good guys. I love this book so much. It's very fucking good. it's it's only improved mm-hmm. and it was good to start with <laughs> like, um, we get a killer twist mm-hmm. and half the issue is related to the twist and I don't want to tell you the twist <laughs> so um, find out for yourself but it's it's been very 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 good and we find out some interesting details about uh, about our powers and the source of them and who exactly her guidance counselor could be is the shadow really her brother like literally all these things are addressed and if i just gave you a play-by-play i would literally just spoil the entire comic to you you would
3: have to go to the, into like the next bit into the next bit into the next, yeah. next bit and it'd be a whole issue yeah but it's really good. Like this is the type of book. And I was like, literally every issue. I'm like, this is my radium black where it's just like, I want whatever, wherever this chooses to end, like let it, let all the characters be established and everything. But once she has a control over the shade craft, like let her cross over. Like I I want her as a superhero. Like I, I love this book so much.
1: Yeah, it's great. And um, one thing I will say about this is we spent three issues with half the story being oh crap I got powers And my brother is a shadow And the other half being like Boy drama And then this this issue very much makes it like There's even a moment where it's like Oh you hear so and so broke up with it or broke up with ex girlfriend And she literally could care less at this point Because she's yeah. got bigger problems And I yes. thought that was great Like I was like why would she care at this point point? <laughs> like, and so that was awesome I really really enjoyed that So uh, good shit That's a good book so Speaking of good books, the triumphant return of one of our favorites, Homesick Pilots. Homesick Pilots. Uh, Number six. So first, we'll look at the back. We got the new sticker on the back, as you pointed out. So this book has thrown us on a loop, is what we'll say. Oh, my gosh. Written by Dan Waters, drawn by Casper Vanguard, um, lettered by Aditya Bidikar. So for those who don't remember this is the one about the two punk bands that somehow turned into a haunted house story that somehow turns into a government organization fighting evil story. <laughs> but it all makes sense and it's all really still very good. Yes. Um, I fucking love this story. There's lots of bits I absolutely enjoy. If you're not if you haven't been reading it if we tell you too much, it won't make sense <laughs> So, because you'll be like, wait, what? And you'll be like, wait, what happened to so-and-so? And like, that's kind of like worrying. So, um, but we do get a shift in main character is what I'll say. Uh, we did see that in the last issue yeah, and it was basically confirmed in this issue, which I thought was really great. We get to start, we get to see more from the nuclear bastards point of view than the homesick pilots point of view, mm-hmm. which I thought was a lot of fun. um, and yeah, we've yet to find out more about the organization that, uh, the two of the, her and rip have joined. Yeah. And what exactly they're doing and everything. And just, there's so many cool things. God, I, how do I talk about this? Okay. Non-spoilery. The fact that she's covered in blood at all times is one of the coolest things about this book. I, I fucking love it. It's such it, a it, cool idea. It's sick, but it's almost like a, like a,
3: it's literally, it's such a cool curse. Like, to have, like, yeah. we're talking about hauntings, and so, yeah, this is kind of a curse, and they basically talk about it in and around, like, as is, as it is, as if it is a curse, they keep apologizing to her on why she has it, who she has on her, and it's kind of, it is fucked up.
1: But it is yeah. really cool. It's very cool. It's, and just, ah oh, the art's so great, it's just crisp and just lovely, and there's not a lot I can tell you, again, without really spoiling it, so what I want to do is just leave you with a impression. And the impression I can give you is it's wonderful, and you should get it. <laughs> basically, <laughs> like it there's man, nothing much more I can say. I anything, just
3: like for the for the music lovers, like I will spoil the, the the opening bit is just so fucking hilarious. I was dying. It's it's band practice, and the guitarist is like, "You guys, please come on. This riff is really cool." <laughs> and a bandmate calls him out I was like, "Bro, it's basically fucking walk." <laughs> so I can only imagine that it was from da 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 da-da-da-da, that it was basically just da 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 da, da. it was basically just in and around that bullshit and he keeps trying to make a case that it's not walk but they're like bro it's fucking he's like no
1: that's drop d this is an e it's
2: like
3: (laughs) oh god i missed that that, these pieces of conversation i think there was like one issue where it was kind of like left out a little bit like there was that wasn't that music the big fight one probably yeah it was
1: probably
3: the big fight one it's probably why but i missed that kind of bullshit that kind of camaraderie (laughs) in these books
1: (laughs) like when they were calling each other like fucking fake punks and stuff yes and I'm like, people are missing. <laughs> but I still love it. Uh, nice. Uh, yeah, just a great book overall. Um, one of our favorites. I look forward to it. It's one of the ones I, I honestly am like, ooh, when's the next one coming out? Yes, yeah, not don't for sure. Like, I'm not just like, oh, it's coming out this week. I literally look for it. So... All right, guys, and we're going to wrap up Image.
3: Oh, my God, no.
1: I'm going to take the lead on this one. Hostway, feel free to contribute at the end if you'd like. Can I just say an uh, opening bit before we... Well, let's introduce the book. Yeah, uh, we're talking about Stray Dogs, uh, number five, the final issue, written by Tony Fleeks, drawn by Trish Forstner, colored by Brad Simpson, layouts by Tone Rodriguez and Chris Burnham, with flattering by Lauren Perry. Yeah. Hostway, uh, go ahead and open up if you want. Um, I was already not okay uh, going
3: to get my comics uh, yesterday that uh, Wednesday, Wednesday, the June the 23rd, uh, mostly because when I was getting ready to go to leave, um, I finally put on it was just finally hot enough o- up here to finally put on shorts. So I, I just pick up a random pair of my, my green shorts and I go to reach in my pockets. And inside it was it was an old unused uh, pocket poop bag from Iroh. So I was already not OK. I was already very not OK. Oh I my just God, <laughs> so take it away, Keith. I'm already tearing up. <laughs> okay what cover did you get uh, uh, oh, I got both of them the cover A and yeah the Friday 13th uh, for, yeah nice. Friday 13th one
1: yeah so stray dogs number five when we last left off we discovered that Victor has been killed and skinned and Earl has found the master's secret room with the heads of his former dogs all on the wall yeah the master shows up yells at Earl points a shotgun at him And Earl redeems himself by attacking the master. And I thought, great, that was Earl's redemption. No. (laughs) We'll talk about it. So the other dogs are like, shit, we need to get out of here. Everybody's here but Earl and Imogen. And so Earl's running. He's running down the stairs. And they're like, it's locked. It's locked. We can't get out. And the master gets a shotgun. He's about to shoot him. And then Imogen, looking like a full-on bear, (laughs) fucking tackles the master. So dope pushes him down the stairs he falls down he's bleeding from the head and they're all like run run and they and then Earl <laughs> god damn it Earl who we were like fucking Earl like two issues ago we we're like yeah. fuck him fucking asshole <laughs> so, he literally blows straight through the window to provide an escape for everybody else they're all going through they're all like it's watch out for the glass and everything Earl's all cut to shit yeah. and he's like run run and then Sophie's like, I got to get my lady's scarf, which is kind of dumb of her, <laughs> but it's a dog. <laughs> yeah. And then the master is starting to get get up. The master gets up. There's too much traffic on the road, so they can't cross and get away. Like how They literally say, oh, no, let's back up. Roxanne was injured, was shot, mm-hmm. but grazed. She's like, I'm fine. And then she's down. He's pointing a gun at her. And that's when Sophie does her bit and bites the master on the leg. Yeah. He kicks her away. And they're like, how do we? And yeah, then that's when we get the line that I was like, oh, no. Rusty says, how do we get make them stop talking about the cars? And then Earl, Jesus Christ, (laughs) I'm going to start crying. (laughs) Earl literally just throws himself onto the road and gets hit by a car. All of them, basically. Yeah. It yeah. He causes like a 12 car pile up, which I work for an insurance company. Thanks, Earl. But anyway, so, so, uh, Earl, Earl dies. It's sad. That's all you need to know. We don't need to do that. We don't need to make each other cry. We're on camera with each other. I'm trying not to look at you. So, and then they all howl sadly. Um,. The master comes out to get them. He's bleeding from the neck. There's a lady there, and they're all like, Lady, leave, go. This guy's dangerous. And then he falls over dead. Um, They're trying to figure out exactly uh, what to do. Some cops show up, and they're like, Shit, then you know about the bodies. And then there's a canine cop, and they're like, Hey, there's bodies over here. He's like, Which, where? Okay. And then he goes, to Nick's credit, which I thought was great. Yeah, that was actually a good moment. He's like, I'm on this. So and then we cut to an awesome epilogue which I think after how sad that was this epilogue was great I think it was a great palate cleanser literally worried about me so so Sophie's like running in a park and she runs into another dog and it's Rusty and they don't recognize each other yeah but they're kind of like don't I know you and then you find out they've both been adopted they were both rescues they got adopted and they play and they're like, oh, is he your boyfriend? Do you love him? And they're going. And then she kind of turns back and looks sad and then goes back with them. Jesus Christ, dude. <laughs> just, yeah. just just summing up this book has made me upset.
3: <laughs> yeah, no, this last part really got me. It was just uh, the way the way Toby was just running around. It was literally Iro. The way they just like the way they were just talking about her, like he's so chill, or she's so chill. And it just ended. She's on a. She's a rescue, and my fucking Iroh just preferred bigger dogs. So it's kind of like <laughs> seeing Sophie uh, with Rusty in the park was just a little too much. Like, <clears throat> yeah. sorry, it's just like I've been waiting to like to say this on the show too. Just like to just bring out Iroh again. Just the the fact that they didn't remember each other. What's what made it for me it was what they did what, what made it sweet for me. Cause in the end, it was just like, I was, I was just thinking of like something that such and I would just co- would constantly say to each other. It was just like, we met Ira when he was eight and with all injuries and all scarred up the way he was to so just give us that personality that he was not mm-hmm. skittish. It just made me think that it would just, it just makes us think that we gave him like such a good life that he just completely forgot yeah. everything. And this is like almost like them, like after all that trauma, like they were able to find like their home to just like not remember, not remember like who, the, who like their friends were like in this trying fucking times. And yeah, like there's like a vague resemblance there. And they did remember in the end, but that first one where like, oh, I have no idea who you are. And that's like, that's what, that's that's like the, the happy moment that they, that they found their happy yeah. homes. Oh fuck. I was a mess. At this, like, I was like, the whole thing was just like so tragic. Girl, yeah, redemption like earn. but then these last two, these last three
1: pages were just like I was just torn the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, I miss Iris so much. <laughs> yeah, dude. I mean, like uh, it was brutal. As soon as I read it, I'm like, fuck, how sweet's gonna die? <laughs> like, I was like, oh no, like so. But it was really well done. I'm very excited. I really hope these two keep working together. Oh yeah, oh, for sure. I mean, it's they just, are right with. uh. Oh, I totally missed that. Dude, you got the last last page. Oh god. Okay, apparently there's a there's an announcement in the back about stray dogs Dog's Day, Dog Days, which is that other Henry? Yeah that is other henry i love other henry he's great yeah no, just, I, in my crying <laughs> Maybe I we were, like, like one shots for each one that'd be cool oh that'd be cool okay and in my
3: crying i was going through all the names all the puppy faces and at the end it was just like a harder tear fell down because i was like i was just like <laughs> ready to just write <laughs> off tony and trish forever and just be like oh motherfucker now i gotta buy this fucking book too i'm not ready
1: yeah so Tony and Trish, if you're listening, give way a break. <laughs> like, make it a happy one. <laughs> no,
3: no, that was happy. It, it made me oh, think like one yeah. of the best moments of Ira at the end. So it was it, it was perfect. It was, it was really beautiful. Yeah. So honestly, thank you, Tony and Trish.
1: Yeah, that was it was an absolutely wonderful book. We really enjoyed it. So um, all right, that wraps up our Indies. Yes. Josue, let's talk about DC. Okay. And guys. We have eight DC books this week, and if that doesn't say a lot about the direction DC Comics is going, I don't know what does. So, DC, might, keep up the good work. You're actually holding her change, interest. Though. What
3: were you saying? It might fucking change for me, though. <laughs> all, oh. all, all four books are $5. Like, when did the spike go up again? Are you getting the,
1: the premium covers? Oh, I pre- wait, um, not for two of them. I mean, I but one, they, of is, one of them is aren't it, they three aren't they three ninety nine but forty nine for the premium covers? I thought they were. I always get the premium covers. Covers, so it's, it's five. Is it, they're
3: all of them are five ninety nine? Uh, two of them are the premium covers. One of them is an event book, so I get that. But then the Wonder Woman book is kind of like, well, I guess it does have like the Baby Diana stories too. I guess it's a little bit bigger, but it's still, a like, it's, it's a lot. It's yeah. a fucking lot.
1: So let's launch into it. We'll do our solo books first. I have three, no, four solo books. Oh boy. Ruby Justice League number three. Oh, okay, oh, that's a cool cover. Yeah, we got the Flash with Ruby. Uh, so Ruby's uh, thing is that she is a speedster. So it's cool to match her <laughs> up with Flash. Um, Ruby's bombing around with bat ears, Bruce Wayne, which is still amazing. Um, and they actually run into Jesse Quick. Jesse Quick is like a fox, um, fox person in this world, but she's not actually a speedster. She pretends to be the Flash to convince people the Flash doesn't exist. Okay, it's, it's pretty cool. So um, basically, they're trying to. They found out that two of the basically two of the characters I love the most that haven't been in the book. I actually complained, man. I wish they were in the book. They actually appear in this book, and it appears like they're being brainwashed and like controlled by the bad guys. So, um, it's pretty cool. Uh, so yeah, Ruby hangs out with Bruce and the Flash, and then Weiss hangs out with with diana so weiss is my favorite character and they run into cyborg now those of you might know i don't really like cyborg as a character at all short of the teen titans cartoons that's basically the only time i've ever really liked him um they don't really do much with cyborg he's just cyborg he's just like everybody else has like some cool thing like like see like wonder woman they they one of the big deals is they make that wonder woman is created so like she has like machine parts inside of her. Like she she's not a real person and stuff. Okay. So they do kind of cool unique things and different looks and Cyborg is literally just Cyborg. And I'm like oh. but I mean I maybe cuz I don't really care about him at all anyways. You know? Yeah. So Uh the one thing they do is they has he's using dust which is like this magical stuff in this world to power his parts. So um in the end um Weiss and Cyborg are kind of flirting. It's kind of weird. It's awkward. Uh, But I'm enjoying it. I love Ruby. And and matchup with Justice League is really interesting. I was wondering how it would work. And it's actually working out pretty well so far. Um, And I'm just curious to see where it goes. I will say that the creative team is Marguerite Bennett Writing, Emanuela Lupicino Penciling. and Okay. This is the best name in comics. Don't at me. The inker's name is Wade Von Graubadger. Fuck yeah. <laughs> it's the best name in comics. Uh colors is hi-fi and the lettering is Gabriella Downey. So also Merka and Dolph did the cover. Oh. Nice. So. Uh perfect. Next up is Harley Quinn. Number four. Check out this pride cover.
3: Oh, that is so pretty. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Is that an Anka? Like Chris Anka? Uh yeah, it is. Oh, yeah. Good eye. <laughs> uh written by Stephanie Phillips. What second Stephanie book this week. Uh, art and co- uh, original cover by Riley Rosmo, Colored by Ivan Evan, Placencia, and letter by World. And yes, I did get uh, the Krasanka cover. So, um, we're continuing the story with Dr. Hugo Strange versus Harley Quinn, where they're both trying to redeem the clowns. Um, Harley Quinn plays a, and I'm not joking when I say this sentence, a game of sewer chess with Solomon Grundy, <laughs> which is pretty funny. Um, and we just get an idea of what basically what Hugo strange is doing to the clowns. Uh, there's some pretty funny sparts Cause one of the things I really like about one thing I really enjoy about Harley Quinn, the character is when she does get a little dead pulley. Okay. Where she gets a little meta and she's like portrays a character, in her own head. I dig that with her. Mm-hmm. It's like this, it's her standing on the roof like this. And you see the look on her face. Oh yeah. And she's like, It's all in bold. The human night air smells of the harbor underneath the concealed stench of rot. This city, my city, is filled (laughs) with monsters and men. Some more monster than man. But soon my city will learn that Batman has constant laryngitis from talking like this. And then she switches back. She's like, I mean, could you imagine if I talked like that? (laughs) And she's like all morose and possessive. What's with this constant ownership over Gotham? It's like I feel like we should unpack that another time. I'm like, yes. <laughs> so, I really enjoyed this. Um, I say it every time, but I'm not a Harley fan. But man, this this series is doing a really good job of working on me. Is what I'll say. So, Stephanie Phillips book, right? Yeah, it's Stephanie Phillips that yeah, helps. And the Riley kicks- Rossmo art is wonderful. So she just kicks ass, man. She she
3: literally just like does like her own like practicing ro- like roller derby. So it's like. She's just such a badass.
1: Yeah. I've never disliked a Stephanie Phillips book. Yeah. Okay. That takes me to Detective Comics 1038. Written, as always, by the wonderful Mariko Tamaki. Uh, Penciled by Victor Bogdanovich. Uh, Inked by Victor, as well as Daniel Henriques. Colored by Jordi Belair and lettered by Aditya Bidikar. So we're continuing the story with Batman where um with lady Clayface and the rich lady that died and everything and her father trying to kill batman uh basically batman's able to get the rich man who's trying to kill him arrested for trying to kill him the guy gets out of jail immediately basically Mm -hmm. um and batman's trying to figure out what what the hell he has to do what's going on here um and yeah it's just more of that struggle and it's really cool there's also something going on with the penguin in the background that's going to be happening which is really interesting um yeah and so this guy doesn't know that bruce is batman so he actually wants he wants to kill both bruce wayne and batman so that's (laughs) ironic um it's really cool i'm really enjoying it um i absolutely love the way that um that uh lady clayface is drawn in this book um so like you can see her there oh sick yeah yeah and then like when she kind of crumbles a bit you can see it down there oh totally no that's a great design it's so cool and haunted looking i love it (laughs) so um a really good book i'm really enjoying it um it's detective comics it's batman you know i knew i was gonna sign up for a batman ongoing and when they told me mariko tamaki was writing one i decided that's the one i'm gonna get so (laughs) um really good uh next up i picked up checkmate number one do you know anything about checkmate um I,
3: I remember i looked at it but then it wasn't 100 familiar with like the whole roster so i was like yeah i'm, pro- I'm not i don't, don't want to be lost in this book."
1: do you know anything about the history of the organization oh no it's kind of shield okay um yeah that's the best way to put it <laughs> <laughs> uh so i got this sexy fucking cover of green arrow oh yeah no that's really cool and you thought That the uh the other book had a the Powers Reunion that's like a power team up. Check this team up. Written by Brian Michael Bendis. Drawn by (laughs) let me make sure I going to get the whole group up. Drawn by Alex Malieve. Oh, there's a Malieve in Bendis book, yes. Yes. And then uh it's actually it gets better because Dave Stewart does the coloring, Dave Stewart's amazing, and then Josh Reed does the lettering. Um, this is going to be so good. Oh, I highly recommend people jump on now. If you like spy books, if you're really into like the um, like the Black Widow runs, not not so much the newest one because it's not so much a spy book. It's just like a cool character study. Um, I mean, I guess it's kind of a spy book. Um, but like, um, I don't want to always refer to the Hawkeye Fraction run. But, but if you if, if you like a lot of the good shield stuff, mm-hmm. Um, if you're a big fan of secret warriors with less powers, Oh yeah. Okay, cool. That kind of stuff. Like, so basically they're reforming, uh, uh, checkmate because there's now a new organization. That's basically the intelligence organization around the world and taking over. And it's being led by the original guy from that was Manhunter, which is Mark Shaw. Uh, so now a new team arises to stop him. And the first two people we see are Damien and Talia, Oh shit. working together kind of yeah <laughs> and then they get captured and they get put in a little bubble it's, we'll get back to them uh then we meet the rest of the cast which is the new man hunter who is a woman uh we get the king who is mysterious uh we get colonel steve trevor okay playing the colson role uh ah. we get director bones which is great uh we get green arrow We get the question, the original question, Vic. Okay. And we get Lois Lane. Yeah. So. Crazy. Really cool uh, group shot you can see here. So. Yeah, it's a cool assortment of characters. Yeah. Yeah. And just an idea of the art that they're working with. And basically, yeah, they're trying to infiltrate this because um, it's Leviathan is the new group by the way mm-hmm. and they're basically doing everything and so like, literally he captures Talia and Robin Robin's hanging upside down but of course it's Robin so he says you're under arrest even <laughs> though he's completely saying <laughs> <laughs> <Like, laughs> no I, just, I call dibs and you're under arrest <laughs> I just love Damien so um, and then like it's really cool there's a lot of like stuff like Lois is talking to one of her co-workers and she finds out the coworker basically tells her I work for Leviathan
2: Mm.
1: And she's like, How long have you you and Leviathan? Uh well have you how long have you been Leviathan and working here? And the lady's like, I don't work here anymore. I was just here to deliver this to you. And it was like a hologram. Mm. And so and it all comes back to lois's dad, who recently passed away. There's something going on. It's gonna be cool. It's gonna be spy thriller. It's so good. I'm really excited right. about it. So All right, Uh, Josue has a solo DC book in Wonder Woman 774. Go for it. Yes, Wonder Woman 774. Hey,
3: look at that. I get an actual credits page on the opening page. How nice of DC. Uh, Written by Michael W. Conrad and Mickey (laughs) Clunan, Art by Andy uh, McDonald. And colors by uh, Nick uh, Filardi. Lettering by Pat Brazo. So, Wonder Woman is back, finally, at Olympus. And as she was told constantly that she needed to go home, she finally finds out why, and it's all gone to shit. Literally, <laughs> Olympus is not just ruins. Not only that, she finds out that the little uh, trickster squirrel uh, Ratatos that came with her from Asgard finally confesses to her that she was supposed to like in the because it's supposed to be like yeah, it's, it's Mount Olympus, but it's supposed to be like the afterlife. Because to my surprise, we're still in the chapter called Afterworlds. So I was so happy mm. to see my, my LARPing name here. So it's kind of like, oh shit, let's fucking do a long run here. I'd be so down for a long run of a title here to start, to open up with this. So Ratatask, uh, fucking confesses that she was supposed to come here after the whole, like the quintessence thing. And like, uh, and, uh, was it infinite frontier zero or for yeah. the, 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 whole like, la- like for future state, whatever. And she was supposed to end up here. Like I said, but instead Rattata's kind of like saw, saw her coming and decided to bring her to Asgard by accident on purpose. So she can <laughs> maybe, and then maybe not help out with the tree. Yadrasil. And she is pissed. <laughs> Because <laughs> the whole time, yeah, she had those warnings. There's like, "Yo, you were supposed to come home." Or obviously, that wasn't her setting. But her being Diana that she is, she had to help out the cause there too. Yeah. Uh, so now she's here, and now she's like, "Well, fuck!" And it's like, "I, I, I maybe could have averted all of this." And she's, and she's not wondering like now. Now she's wondering where the fuck are all the gods? And when she breaks through, she finds the, um, the fucking rod, the the medical rod, the the rod with the fucking snake yeah. oiled up. Uh, she finds it, because um, and then right right, at, right next to, the, there's, there's a, a person who's just like kind of caved in, has like a giant boulder on top of him, um, heals him. And it turns out that it's uh, Janus, God of Transitions, beginnings and endings. And in this case, Janus actually split while Diana was gone. And in this case, the split version of, of Janus just went completely dark side, took over, the mantle that Diana was supposed to take in this afterworld, in this case, but because she never showed up Janice did and then just started. She basically got, uh, the, this Janice got like their own weapon. The, not the, not the God killer, but the God scraper instead. And it looks just, just like a cool little sigh. Oh, huh. and basically just like wreaks havoc all, all, all over, all over Olympus. And, diana's like not having it there's also a slightly different diana she starts referring maybe because she's still pissed at him um but she starts referring to ratitosk as the squirrel or like the rat even as she's leaving like hey squirrel watch him as i as i go as i go handle <laughs> this it's like oh well, shit i like, guess she's either really either really pissed or now because of the setting she's like now taking almost like a new a different dialogue in a way yeah. um so anyway so she goes to um at least one place that for sure wasn't gonna be touched and goes to like athena's place for like Like for her reflecting pool and calls up fucking Deadman, Boston, Boston brand. And meanwhile, Boston brand is literally just having a poker night with like with somebody with literally somebody else. And she's like, again, she repays, like, yo, why the fuck didn't you tell me I had to fucking come here soon? Fucking now, fucking yesterday. And Deadman is like, Dude, those moments I was talking to you were those spurt moments when you were dead. And also, I'm on borrowed fucking time. I can't be. <laughs> I can't be telling you every detail. Like, and uh, meanwhile, you're asking me bullshit questions on you being confused on where you're at. So, mm-hmm. mm. so she's like, all right, fucking point taken. I need you to help me out on this in this case. And he was like, all right, fine. <laughs> so now they're gonna meet up in hell the like, Olympus House, or I guess in Hades. Literally, like, like Diana like, just like finds like an elevator and literally goes down. Uh, like it starts, starts like d- descending down boston meets up with like is already kind of there at the elevator and they, you get a really cool scene where as they're like descending into into hades you see all the tortured souls and one of them literally calls out like wonder woman like i'm sorry like was this really worth it like look at me and diana feels feels bad like well, yeah. like yo like that fucking sucks like that's literally torture yeah. and boston's like has to re-explain to her and like that's the price of the punishment. You might not like what the punishment is, but you were there to cast that judgment upon them and that's how it works. You can't you like this you don't change that no matter how you feel about it. This is literally what it what it equaled out to for all their all, all their wrongdoings. Right. And now on her turn, all right, point taken I guess. And now they arrive to hell to figure out where the gods are and in one of the sickest last pages. Oh that is dope. Yeah. It is so sick and yeah, they're about to have, they're about to mince words with this person or this deity and yeah, I, I actually really enjoyed this this Wonder Woman book. I was really, I was really kind of like sad that we were leaving, uh, leaving Asgard. I just like, like that setting, I, like loved her outfit, but now this, this new mystery in
1: Olympus is, is really cool. I'm, I'm into it. Nice. Sounds great. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about a DC books that we share. I got Teen Titans Academy number four. Josue, Dude, what cover did you get? The pride one is it, so yeah, good. Yeah, I had to get it. It's so perfect. <laughs> I, I was so, scanning it. I was like, Stitch better
3: be fucking on that rooftop. And good, good. The last one's right, so like,
1: yeah. right at the end. Yeah. <laughs> so, Teen Titans Academy four. By the way, I have a new theory who Red X is. We're going to talk about it in a moment. Ooh, I kind of uh, had
3: one too, but I kind of confused two people
1: for one. Uh, written by Tim Sheridan, drawn by Steve Lieber, colored by Dave Stewart, and letter by Rob Lay. So, we have the Bat Pack, which is the group that uh, is going to figure out who is Red X. And so. this was a fun book because it it was a good way of int- like giving us a little bit about all these different characters. Yes. Like, you checked in with a bunch of the characters that we know and give us an idea of who they are and stuff. Um, Stitch basically stole the story. Oh, uh, my God, they were, yes. They were wonderful. They kept cutting in on the narration. Just because they great. can? Like Just because they, they, they can, Yeah. Um, But yeah, we get we found out a little bit more about Matt, including what his powers are. Uh, mm-hmm. He can fly and he can punch too. <laughs> so, I mean, that's most DC characters. Um, so, um, but they're going through it. It's just fun. And again, it, it really is a great character development story. Trying to figure out who it is. Uh, we also get quite a bit with Billy uh, Batson about how he can't transform anymore. Oh,
2: man. Yeah. So
1: that, that was interesting. And knowing what we know about the future of Shazam. So, but yeah, and we get little character tidbits. we won't go through all of them, uh, but about who they are and what they do and stuff. really enjoyed it, and at the end, they go to basically <laughs> um they're going to go talk to um um I think Billy yeah, they're they're going they're breaking into Billy's room, right, mm-hmm. and they open the door though know, they saw Billy, Billy walked past, so like, well, it's not Billy. And they look in, and Red X is in there. Yes. And uh, they're like, oh, and then I love that Stitch pops in one last time. Oh, snap. He's like, hey. <laughs> 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 so I love this book. This was a lot of fun. And it's worth the price of admission for the cover alone. It's just wonderful. Oh, totally.
3: So. I, I'm so glad that we're, we're past. I thought it was going to be like a two-parter bullshit crossover with the Suicide Squad thing again. But yeah. no, this is like a much more like, this is exactly why I love this book. Uh, one detail I missed on the the first spread with like, the Oh God, I the poured suspects. over that thing. I just noticed booster gold. <laughs> yeah. Cause is <he's> <laughs> <laughs> so fucking funny. Uh, yeah. no, I see. I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I don't know why the sketch of like the reveal. I don't know why they made him look like Damien more than Nightwing.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's great. So, uh, no, there's, there's lots of little fun things in there. If you look at it too long, like I do, uh, I like that Nightwing's picture is the picture of his butt. <laughs> Like, that's just perfect. Um, I like that Beast Boy's picture is a picture of him as a little marmot or something. Like, Yeah, just just really fun. Like, lots of stuff to look at. So, Um, okay, my new theory. Yes. I think that Roy Harper is Red X.
3: Dude, I was thinking it was was one of Oliver's kids, too. One of Oliver's little
1: legacies. They keep, instead of saying Teen Titans Academy or just the school every character keeps referring to it as the Roy Harper Academy. Yes. And it's like, they want to keep that name in our heads. Yeah. And I think, and he also, his skills would match what Red X the does. Would match, yep. And also because in another book we'll talk about in a bit, we see that Roy Harper is alive. Yes. So, so honestly, I was thinking the same way it was. The, and, and
3: that's when I was thinking. It, um, it was either that or maybe. That's why I was kind of like, wait, oh, but they're not the same. But
1: nah, I don't know, Connor, man, I don't know. We'll the, talk about him. Setting where Connor is at right now would match so Red X. Good. I'm so okay. Let's just jump straight over to that because
3: wait, next up is next up is Robin on, Three. Before we it? move on, there was yeah. the the fucking list, the stupid fucking list that was just so funny on who Red X could be. Like it was like they're all red, red X. Eh, eh. Like, <laughs> yeah. oh, it was it was Stitch's stupid uh, fucking
1: <laughs> yeah. I love it because it was it was straight up Strange Academy, which again we compare these two to each other a lot. Yeah, uh, but I don't care; they're both great. So, <laughs> like, but it's straight up like the 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 stuff at the end of Strange Academy every
3: issue. Oh, like when yeah. when they're discovering that it could be Matthew Price and it's like quote unquote Price equals X amount of dollars coincidence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's so dumb. Fucking Stitch, I love them.
1: Yeah. All right, so Robin three. Written by Joshua Williamson, uh, art by Gleb Melnikoff, colored by Luis Guerrero, and lettered by Troy Pateri. So Robin's still on the island uh, where he can die but come back to life uh, occasionally. And uh, Rose is there, and she gives him a mission to make a friend. Which I was like, oh, this is going to be great. Damien trying to make friends. Yeah. And uh, he kind of almost makes a friend a couple times and then basically the conversation turns into how Batman beat the crap out of everybody there. Yeah. And they keep calling him, Oh, your dad, and he's like, He's not my dad. And like he's just trying to he's trying to be like, I have a secret identity, please look. <laughs> so um and then he runs into Connor Hawk. Now, full disclosure, I fucking love Connor Hawk. I love everything about Green Arrow. It's one of my favorite DC things. So I was very excited to see this. And he's just dramatic, just like Damien. So they sit there and try to dramatic, out dramatic each other. They're both trained by the League <laughs> of Assassins and stuff. And I love the bit. This fucking full page. Oh hell yeah, I'm here too. Was was incredible. Where they're basically just comparing notes of how bad their lives were. And it's just great. Did your father die only to be resurrected? Yes. Does your father always think he's right? Always. Your father have a thing for themed vehicles? Yep. Yours has a cave. Used to. <laughs> <laughs> Putting children in danger always. <laughs> like my dad has a thing about fishnets. My father, it's whips and leather. Lots of leather. <laughs> like, and then They just start laughing at them, and just like, I love that moment. It's so good. And then, of course, the League of, Sad- League of Shadows shows mm-hmm. up and is just like, "Let's shit all over this and make you fight each other." Yeah. Like, so they fight, even though they're not supposed to at night. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Connor throws Damien off a cliff. And he's not going to die. They're basically, the plan is he won't die. He'll just be very injured. Uh, mm-hmm. So he won't heal. And he says, Father Pennyworth. And then, yeah, he gets caught. And it's like, I have you, son. And then he wakes up on the beach with bandages on. And he says, you found me, Father. And then we get, goddamn, what a reveal. Close. Ray Shalgul. We have finally reunited my grandson. I have much to teach you. And it's such a great drawing. Oh, yeah. He looks so badass. Yeah. I'm very excited about this. Oh, I too. love the all family family. Um, I think it's I think they're one of the most interesting things about Batman's villains. Really? And they're not really used well most of the time. Yeah. And they could be so much better. Oh, totally. Yeah. So that's dope. What do you think?
3: honestly i really i really like the whole thing and yeah i mean just based on the setting kind of being like a killer island it just brought up the brought up what I, when i was already thinking roy it just brought up that maybe connor hawk is just like slipping by in and out of in, into the academy as well as red x uh but in this case it's like this book was just really good like the moment between them two is like go find your friend but then it's like you can't just force a friendship like that especially like when kids are just so fucking awkward it just needs yeah. to ha- organically happen. And like the way it literally happened organically by just dishing their own dads was just so fucking good. Um, no, I definitely, I just, I, I love this book too. I, yeah. I didn't think I was, I didn't, I didn't was going to like this book as much as I, I, I do, but Holy shit, it's really cool. Even down to like, not ravager, but I would love like maybe shipping Robin and flatline. Just like the way they just like interact with each other. It's like, they're just, they're just adorable. They're little, little killers.
1: I always in my head, imagine that, After they both grew up, Damien would end up with Stephanie, but that's because I hate Tim. (laughs) And there was a point where they were teaming up a lot, and it was adorable. I I literally realized that I'm not reading one, but then
3: I realized I don't think there is one. Because I have a Nightwing book, we have a Damien book, and we have a Jason book, but there's no Tim book.
1: There's got to be one. There's always one. (laughs) And 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 then the many Batman books. Yeah, I'd have, to, I'd have to double check. So, But yeah, you might be right. So, Alright, let's move on to our last DC book, which is Infinite Frontier, number one. Yeah. Written by Joshua Williamson, illustrated by Zermonico, colored by Romulo Fajardo Jr., and lettered by Tom Napolitano. I'm just going to get this out of the way. There's a lot going on in this book. I'm going to blow through it as quick as I can. We're not going to talk about everything. Yeah. We'll be here all night. Um, basically, we're setting up the new normal. Uh, the multiverse has returned, and one of the big things is the multiverse is known to the general public. They know there's a multiverse, mm-hmm. which is interesting. I think that's actually a really cool story. Uh, yeah. Storyline. So, first thing we see is Flashpoint Batman's back. I hate Flashpoint Batman. <laughs> Get rid of him. Flashpoint wasn't good. Does no one understand this? Like, <laughs> like, like. The only people that liked Flashpoint are the people that liked the Snyder cut. Okay? <laughs> and there's not; it's not a coincidence because it was grim and bloody and unnecessary and no one liked it. Okay? I don't need him. He already killed Alfred. Like, he already ruined Bane's character. Get rid of him, please. So anyways, moving on. After my rant. Um, we get some really cool appearances. Uh, we get... To see Alan Scott and Obsidian, which is fun. I absolutely love that we have both a father and a son who both come out as gay Mm -hmm. in the same story. It's a unique story they have to tell. They both did it, you know. Like, it's kind of interesting to, like, deal with that. Um, And, yeah, it's uh, really good there. I like those two characters anyways. Um, They're meeting up with Jade. Something happens. We get a tease for, um, for Checkmate, which is the page with oh that's going on okay yeah so that would make a lot more sense if you're over there so if you're in that so it's really (laughs) good um we get some bits with the fucking justice incarnate yeah with captain carrot from 26 or 26 (laughs) i remember captain carrot and that's funny to me um (laughs) and someone who's definitely legally distinct from iron man uh so um and then flash runs to the last world uh the Earth Omega, the one where we saw, you know, the quintessence are all killed and he finds the dead bodies of the quintessence. He runs into Psycho Pirate, which is cool. I love when flash rogues come out of nowhere because mm-hmm. they're just so much fun. Um, I'm then reminded that the Batman who laughs is the one that caused all this nonsense. And remember that I didn't read that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And it's yeah, basically it's it's kind of a big thing. It's a big crossover one. and A lot's going on. But. One of the coolest things Mm -hmm. is the very end. The very mundane part of it all. (laughs) What'd you say? The most mundane part of it all. Yeah. When we see Roy Harper's alive. Yeah. And they're like, is it Speedy or Red Arrow now? And I'm like, it's Red X, motherfucker. So um (laughs) uh there's a big fight, a big attack, and then all of a sudden, there's this like some force field people save up and sa- show up and save him. It's a bunch of smoke and he's like, whoever you are, thanks for the save. Hello? And then we see Oh, sweet, so am I mistaken? Or is that a black lantern?
3: Oh, that's that's the that's a black lantern.
1: fuck yeah, I love I mean, like black the, lantern.
3: The, the, oh, is right? The the color, the color thing. But yeah, the symbol itself, yeah, for sure. Black lantern. Yeah,
1: yeah. No, I was yeah. Um I love I love I loved the War of the Black Lanterns, that whole arc, like <laughs> yeah, Brightest Black. Day, both darkest night or blackest night and Brightest Day were both great. Mm-hmm. So, um, exactly. yeah, more Roy I did this Harper. For, I did
3: this for Pride, but I specifically added this pink one because I wanted to do the, the spectrum.
1: <laughs> That's awesome. So, yeah, dude, um, really good. I like it. Uh, we it, it's going to be continuing to go, so we're going to get more stories out of it. Uh, hopefully, with more characters uh, being featured. Um, what do you think? I know it was a lot, so oh, this one is
3: definitely a lot. And if it's if it is you know, like a, a reboot, resetting, reestablishment of the DC universe, so I am definitely gonna be like probably like, two steps behind on like a lot of characters, a lot of events, or a lot of dialogue for sure, as I was. But still, I very much enjoyed what I saw. I know I am not, I am not, I'm not entirely an idiot on on the characters, so I can definitely follow along. But then now presenting like the new new stuff, like def, like like in the end, like just definitely talk about Roy with the Black Lantern. It's like, what the fuck is that about? And I definitely yeah. want, I do want, this is like the stuff that's going to make it super fucking interesting.
1: Yeah. And I think that DC is showing what their priorities are. Oh yeah. Book. So yeah. All right, guys, we're going to move to Marvel. Uh, we are going to get through this as quick as we can for you. Um, but we do have a stack. So Josue, I want you to start off for me at Amazing Spider-Man 69 slash 870.
3: Yes. Uh, writers being Nick Spencer and Ed Bryson and pencils by Zed Carlos, and then Carlos Gomez, and then Marcelo Ferreria. Uh, so yeah, we're still we're at the penultimate chapter of the Chameleon Conspiracy. So we're gonna get it's uh, we're on part three, and then the next one it's gonna it's gonna be the same thing as uh, uh, King's Ransom. We're gonna get a giant size uh, a giant size I Amazing mean, Spider Man Chameleon Conspiracy. So to set everything for there, this I'm just gonna go by this one really quick. It's uh, we're still with uh, his sister, uh, Teresa, and how she's over there with the chameleon and the finisher and the finisher is explaining like ma- more, more truths about their parents' deaths. And meanwhile, Spider-Man is trying to get this clairvoyant and his friend Jamie out of the sticky situation where it's the foreigner, Chance, and now Slide, the slippery dude. And he's just having a hard time because it's like, all he wants is just like, he doesn't care about losing this fight. He just wants Jamie just to get the fuck out of there, but he's not. And in the the last moment, Jamie literally pops up the clairvoyant. And because it's a clairvoyant device that makes you uh, be omnipotent, but for some reason it it can also shoot beams. So Spider-Man gets shot with it. Yay. (laughs) Oh no. And Jamie kind of joins them, joins the bad guys because he owes them a lot of shit. So, he's right now he's behind and come back to Teresa and there's like some truce, but anyway, back to Spider-Man. He's just, since right now he's like lost and doesn't know how to find Jamie. He goes to the only person that can't help him right now. And it's apparently Ned leads the, cause he's, he's on the, the whole, the whole backstory with uh, the foreigner. Again, a lot of fucking history that's being brought up. Um, so because the foreigners being involved, Ned leaves, Ned is kind of like, all right, cool. I'm in, um, back with the bad guys. Basically, um, the, while chances, while Chance is celebrating, the little army of uh, jack lanterns steal the steal the the clairvoyant device, and they basically they've been working for the Finisher. This all fucking this all this all basically ties up together, and so yeah, screw the bad guys. It's all it's all to the Finisher, and now. Where well, we've been with Teresa, Teresa basically infiltrated this like Russian prison to get to the chameleon and kill him, only, only for the chameleon to be like, "Hey, hold on, I have something you want." She shows him the finisher, and there was like a weird holographic room where the finisher shows up, so she can't really kill him either. But then in this case, we get revealed that this wasn't really a prison. Like the hologram reveals more of itself, and they ba- they ba- she basically kind of played into their hand, and, and now she's kind of trapped there with them, and only. And even like the finisher kind of pulls one on the chameleon. Um, the where they end up, uh, where the fuck do they go? Basically, where they end up is it's even somewhere chameleon doesn't want to be. Like, he was like I told you, I never want to come back to this place. Um, but this, this place apparently is where the finisher has maybe created a bunch of other chameleon like people. Oh, fuck. And they even drops. Now let's discuss the truth about you. And again, it makes me wonder. It's like, when did this sister really show up? Like, how did this sister show up? And it, it, Even I, me, who reads Spider Man, was also kind of confused on her introduction. So, man, it, it kind of
1: came out of nowhere, to be
3: honest. Yeah. So if they kind of pull this one like from under us, like this, I was like, oh, it'll kind of make it'll kind of make a lot of sense. So I guess we'll get some closing thoughts. So some closing actual like uh, chapter chapters worth this one. Uh, it being like the 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 actual penultimate arc for an expenser because then yeah for for sure the next five issues this is issue sixty nine that's gonna be the giant size and then being seventy one two three four that's five issues and he wraps up in issue seventy four yeah the penul- for the penultimate arc is like a, I think we're gonna get so a lot of bombs dropped in the next in the next giant size just to set yeah. up the finale nice
1: okay. Next Final Fantasy, or Final fan I do it yeah. every time. Fantastic Four. I just put FF. Oh, okay. So I always read as Final Fantasy. FF Life Story 2.
3: Yeah, FF Life Story 2. Uh, this one by Mark Russell. Artist is Sean Izakse. And coloring by Nolan Woodard. Lettering by Joe Caramanga. So, in Life Story, uh, in this case where Marvel time actually moves in our time, now we're in the 70s. And in this case... God, I'm actually really happy. Uh, I'm mostly happy about the chapter. I'm mostly happy for Sue. Uh, in this case, in the 70s, Reed is still very much obsessed about the whole Galactus thing, and everybody's kind of tired of hearing it. <laughs> 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 um, he literally has like a like a whole conference at like a, as a at, at a Stark thing, and even the audience kind of like, get with this shit. <laughs> uh, so, uh, so they had this after that. Like, there's a, there's a whole part with like a meet and greet. Um, where Reed needs to uh, needs more backers or needs more people to believe in this shit. And one person that doesn't believe in him but still wants to work with him is Hank Pym. <laughs> Hank Pym literally calls the whole thing the whole galactus thing kind of crazy, but he has this bright idea about going to Chernobyl and investigating the radioactive ants because there might be a thing there. <laughs> He's not crazy. So uh, and then this is where we get introduced to Victor von Doom. And he basically, yo, I believe you with this Galactus bullshit. Um, let's, let's work together. And throughout this whole decade, it becomes this thing like the event, the adventures of the fantastic four and everything that they've been doing. You get to see some of like the, some callbacks. Um, but meanwhile, this whole issue is to the point of Sue and how she's, and it's Sue literally being neglected. And in these times being real times, it's, it's just so much more apparent. Um, literally pun intended because like she's like reed literally just sees her as the person who should be looking after franklin because he's too busy Ugh. um there's a whole well, there's yeah, a, that's that's what he does <laughs> yeah that's literally what he does uh there's a moment with uh with at least like she's hanging out with uh, uh with johnny and johnny's like yo are you gonna come out tomorrow i was like wait to what like to the superhero gathering and she gets pissed because she didn't hear about it. And it's like, it literally storms into Reed's office. and be like, what the fuck? Like, like oh, and he's like, oh, yeah, I, just, I decided for the both of us. We were both we we're both going to be uh, ended up being too busy anyway. So that's what didn't happen. He's like, whoa, you don't get to fucking decide for me on this shit. I kind of wanted to go to this. So I am going to go to this thing. So, oh, man, it just gets really fucking real. Uh, it's like a little bit. And so when she goes to uh, the Avengers Mansion, it's Johnny, Cap, T'Challa. Enter Namor. Enter yeah. sweet, sexy Namor.
1: <laughs> Homewrecker.
2: <laughs> I, and
3: I
1: mean that as a compliment in this case. In this whole... <laughs> in
3: this, uh, there's, there's, a, there's a moment where um, Sue was attending an uh, ERA rally. As it, as it was the 70s. Mm-hmm. And this is when she gets called home. Because... Because daddy couldn't be daddy. And she literally leaves to go home. So, and, the, and then, and so cut back to after the Avengers mansion, meeting the Avengers or having this, like that, that group thing, and uh, uh, just because she was already in town, there was a book signing of one of her favorite authors, um, Betty Friedan and for the the feminine mystique. Mm-hmm. And as she's talking to her, I was like, Oh, like she reckoned like the author, the author recognized like, Oh shit. Sue storm. other oh, fantastic four. I actually haven't heard about you in the past few years. How you been? Well, you know, I've been keeping busy. Glad her here. Here's your book. And when she opens it, she, the dedication was actually don't stay invisible forever. Love Betty. Like she literally saw through her book through her bullshit. Aww. And yeah. And, and it got her thinking there is like, I mean, she was there for, um, there was like a, a, was like a giant press thing. T'Challa like just like because the whole reason why the Avengers got together because there was going to be a press thing, um, and the they really want to sue there as like she was like the most prominent woman superhero. The like Namor Namor was the ones like yo, how about you actually stand up up there and, and speak for half of the population? You know, since it's not just a sausage fest, and right. that and it got her thinking. It almost got her reflecting back on where, when she had to leave the rally, and she gives like this fucking awesome speech. Um, of course, this is this whole time this whole decade has been going through Reed working really closely with uh, Victor when the whole time they've been creating a suit for just specifically for Victor. And once the suit was done, he turns on Reed and and going knew about the whole committee being with like all the, the world leaders and the superheroes. He's like, might as well just go take care of everybody and all rule the world. And that way everybody can follow me and listen to me about the whole, this whole Galactus bullshit. I guess that makes sense. Um, (laughs) anyway, um, sue pulls an invisible stunt where like victor thought he had everyone but then sue literally shows up with the fucking shield and just knocks him on his ass that's awesome it is super awesome to where if you're fucking up and your partner is holding the star spangled shield and says reed we need to talk you're gonna fucking listen yeah. You're gonna fucking listen, and a year later, they stayed separate. They separated, and uh-huh. Reed Reed moves in with Ben. <laughs> They're having basically like a bachelor night eating cereal, and Franklin. And meanwhile, Sue is driving just a, at least an hour away, so Franklin's not that far away from, I guess, "quote unquote" dad. <laughs> um, because there's like a, there's a, there's like a swap there's like a little swap uh, early on the earlier in the issue, um, f- uh. Franklin calls him Doctor Richards because obviously he's not around, and that's the only name she hears. And Sue is like, "Oh, um, it, it's 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 Daddy." So, but now, now that it's like the split, um, as she's trying to comfort him, she's like, "You'll see for you, you'll see Doctor Richards on the weekend, Franklin. Daddy, his name is Daddy, and he's like kind of pouting. It's like, oh man. Also, because maybe an hour away in this new beach pad, it might just be uh, with Homewrecker Namor." <laughs> Hell yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> um, I don't think uh, Namor will be that discreet around Franklin, which is like the only thing that actually sucks about the situation. Uh, but um, anyway, uh, just to leave it off on the, on the issue, Reed gets a call um, that NASA, or no, no, not NASA, the Arce- Ar- Arecibo, uh the giant telescope, is picking up something big, something that's headed to Earth. <laughs> and Reed just freaks out about, again, Galactus bullshit. <laughs> so, uh-oh. just be there for your family dude just like don't be such a fucking asshole
2: it's true (laughs) it's so
3: true i mean honestly i'm glad i was i was kind of expecting this i was hoping this shit would happen at least for for reed to wake the fuck up and be a human being for once yeah Uh, but i was expecting it at issue three maybe issue four i'm so fucking happy it happened here in the 70s on issue two
1: yeah well they gotta have uh valeria so yeah or valeria Valeria, yeah so yeah all right great uh kicking over to my marvel solos i have a couple so i'm gonna go through them as quick as i can web of spider-man 2 feels like the first issue just came out yeah. um, but we got the second issue written by kevin Schenick, uh artist is alberto jimenez albuquerque colored by rochelle rosenberg letter by travis lanham uh it is building on the same story with this team of young geniuses and they're working together to you know invent things in this case they get hacked and there's like a computer virus trying to steal their stuff they're able to finally stop the computer virus and but they have to like knock out the power and who shows up but iron man to basically be like why does man why does none of manhattan's east side have power basically <laughs> so yeah it's fun it's a good fun book uh it's, a, it's an issue too though don't go into too much detail about those gamma flight number one uh, this is spinning out of the pages of the immortal Hulk. Yes. Uh, written by Al Ewing and crystal Frazier art by land Medina colored by Antonio Fabella and lettering by Joe Sabino. So the team in this is, uh, so gamma flight in comics way back in the day used to be like the secondary team to alpha flight. Okay. Yeah. So they're the one, they're basically like junior varsity. They weren't good enough to be on alpha flight. Um, so, um, This is more based around gamma threats is the idea. Gamma powered threats. Uh, But it's still vaguely related to it. It's kind of weird. So the team is uh, Puck. I love Puck. Yeah. Uh, Titania, who appears in two books this week. Um, Crusher Creel, Absorbing Man. Uh, Doc Sasquatch, which is Leonard Sampson. Mm. But he's Sasquatch too. Yeah. And they hint at what happened, but I didn't read that. So I don't know. Uh, Dr. Charlene McGowan, who is a trans character, Mm -hmm. and actually appears in the Pride book. We're going to talk about a bit. And Rick Jones. Um, So, basically, long story short, um, it feels kind of like the Juggernaut series that we got. um, Where they're all kind of hanging out, and then some Gamma monster shows up and is like getting attacked and stuff. And they find out it escaped from the lab that's creating all these Gamma monsters and they go to save it. And, um, that's kind of their whole motivation they're not really like a, an official team or anything like that um, but they end up they end up trying to rescue the 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 um the new person and uh they basically find out that uh they're talking about how no one's ever been successfully fully cured for gamma like if you have gamma powers you always have gamma powers it's just it might change but you're always going to be gamma And they're trying to like find a way to cure that and everything. And they said the only person who's ever been fully cured was Hulk's son, Scar from World War Hulk. Interesting. And they said, but he disappeared, so we don't even know if it took. He might still. He might have gotten his powers back, for all we know. Yeah. Well, in the end, they're like, they're like uh, talking to the girl they just rescued. They're like, wait, wait. So that means, uh, someone they they're gonna they're expecting someone to collect her. Someone with gamma. So that means somebody out there is building Gamma Mutates and they'll adapt too. And Scar shows up. Oh,
3: oh shit.
1: Yeah, he's the one who's there to take her home. And he says, Daddy's orders. <laughs> so, okay. Yeah. Pretty cool. I, I dug it. So, uh, good start. I it makes me want to go back and read Immortal Hulk now, which I have Marvel Unlimited, so I can. Yeah. Um, so, next up, Silk number four. Uh, written by Marine goo drawn by Takeshi Miyazawa, colored by Ian Zarin, and letter by Ariana Mayer. I love the art in Silk; it's absolutely great. I love the writing too, as well. Um, but we we basically get the origin story of the Big Bad. Um, in the last issue, we find out that she is the daughter of Silvermane, hmm. and we find out how that happened. Basically, Silvermane goes over to Japan when business is good. He, he tries to make a partnership with the Japanese. Um, ceo um and she's like a rare woman ceo of the time they hook up they make a baby uh so he basically this character is kind of torn between running her mother's company or running her father's criminal empire and that's kind of like her motivation and she's she's struggling with like is she good is she bad she's really immature it's it's really interesting and in the end, uh, and she also knows who silk is in real life. So in the end, she gets back to her house and the girl shows up and says, "Hey, I need your help." Ooh, shit. So I think they're gonna partner up, which is pretty cool. So, um, I'm really enjoying this run though. Um, I think silk is a really underrated like book in Marvel right now. and I think Maureen Goo is doing a really good job of bringing something out um different. Um, I think this is her first comic, actually. That's cool. I think I think she normally writes like uh, like uh novels and stuff so uh next up reptile number two how get on this book god damn it (laughs) it, i know uh written by terry blas uh pencil by enid balam uh colored by carlos lopez and lettered by joe sabino
3: i have it right here it's like it's literally at reaching distance (laughs)
1: sorry (laughs) um so again the whole thing is reptile wants to find his parents he thought they were dead a bad guy tells him, "No, I know where they are. Just give me your amulet, so I can have your powers." Um, th- he's like, "No." They have a fight. Um, he's with his cousins, and the young female cousin like fires like a bolt of energy in the last issue. Ooh, okay. so that was kind of left up in the air. Like, what was that about? Yeah, we find out that she's actually been studying magic on her own. Oh, sick! And you find out that she's actually um, she was inspired by Reptile because he has powers. She's like, "Well, if he can have powers, you know." I can do it. So, yeah. she decides to, you know, study magic. Go to Strange um, Academy, girl. <laughs> she actually drops a bunch of Strange Academy, like, alumni names. And I was like, interesting. Hmm. Um, and if you remember correctly, this issue also featured them getting carne asada. Uh, um, and, yeah. yeah. So, basically, they end up saving the taco stand. And the guy's like, free tacos for life. Now go. And I was like, and that man went out of business two weeks later. Upon <laughs> <laughs> like, so. Um, but yeah, basically, they, uh, they decide they have to go to this uh, alternate dimension. It's Dinosaur World is what it's called, hmm. where his powers come from. And um, he's given a new costume because he doesn't have a costume anymore. He's not a hero. And uh, his other cousin, who's this dapper young man, and I believe they, they still haven't confirmed that he's gay, but I'm pretty sure he's gay. Um, he he, he kind of hints at it several times about he was gonna go to the pride festival and stuff like that so um but he makes him the suit and it's great because he's i mean i'm no jumbo carnation but i do all right i'm like i love that jumbo is a thing now like that was such a joke character for a while i love it it's really cool we get the reveal reptile's new suit which is pretty cool looking oh yeah yeah i like the sleeveless like it's a good look um And basically, he's able to go to Dinosaur World because his cousin, who is tinkering with magic, is able to learn how to make a portal to the world. Oh, cool. They go there. They fight dinosaurs, as you do. Um, They meet an old witch, and she gives him information. They're trying to go back, and a bunch of dinosaurs attack. And the only way to protect his cousins is for him to fully transform. But we know if Reptil fully transforms into a dinosaur, he loses control. So the last bit is him as a giant T-Rex. Ooh. And his cousin saying he's lost it, he's out of control. So Shit. we'll see where that goes. Pretty excited. So, good book though. Lots of, lots of, um, they specifically reference Chicano culture, like a lot oh, of Chicano God. culture in this. So, okay. um, yep. Next up Guardians of the Galaxy 15. I promise I'm almost done ranting, guys. Uh, this cover, just love it. <laughs> like, I just love this book so much. The cast is fucking insane. Written by Al Ewing, drawn by Juan Frigueri, colored by Federico Blee, lettered by Corey Petit. Oh, this is a crossover with Hellfire Gala. Okay, then I need to get it then. Yeah. It's not much of one, but it does cross over. I mean, something big happens. Yeah, something big happens. Something really cool happens, mm-hmm. and also something not related to the Hellfire Saga that's even bigger and cooler happens, which we'll talk about Ooh. in a moment. So the Guardians are kind of split up into teams across the uni- across the galaxy, doing different things. Um, last time we checked, a bunch of scrolls who worship a fire god sacrificed themselves, mm-hmm. and we find out the plant they were on was actually ego, the living planet, and ego was sealed inside of a big black shell, basically like an egg. Yeah and we don't know what's happening there. So that's one thing we were left off on. And also, the Guardians two of them are invited to be at the gala for specific reasons which we'll talk about later. So <laughs> which is uh Star-Lord representing his home uh, planet and Nova who is technically a representative of, of Earth. So so they get they get to the um they get to the sword base, they get out and Nova's like pissed because Nova's like he, he basically is like, so we have to work with Dr. Doom because Dr. Doom is a member of the team now, <laughs> you know, and he's just talking about all these like villains that are getting a pass. And he's just like Super Scroll is working with them now. He's like, all these ones are going to pass. Jeez. And the very first thing that happens when he gets off, he comes face to face with Abagoban and Magneto. <laughs> so, and he's just like, I'm, he literally says, oh, Magneto went for, to shake his hand. He says, I'm done shaking hands with super villains. You're going down, Magneto. And Magneto's like, um, I've been granted amnesty, and he's like, I don't give a damn. And he basically references this really obscure story from the seventies. Oh my god! Yeah, where Magneto killed two mutants or two cute, killed two aliens who ended up being Shi'ar. And he's like, there's still a warrant for your arrest. But what they don't acknowledge is that the X-Men are allied with the Shi'ar because they saved the Empress. No one cares. So many fucking you know, times, over and but over. But he's again. just using it as an excuse. So they get into a fight, which is excellent. Because Magneto, uh, Magneto throws a car at him, <laughs> and then Nova chops it in half with a chop, and then Magneto just crushes him in the two pieces. <laughs> like, And then Nova comes out, they have this fight, then Abigail Brand lays down the law and stops the fight, basically. And then, later on, uh, the two of them talk, and it's so cool. Wait, who, this who great you? Co- Magneto and Nova, oh, they okay. they they work it out. They have this really great story about how like Magneto is like how we started out, what we, you know, what, what we're doing, you know, he's just like, and then Nova's like, I honestly, he's like, I just, I'm sick of giving villains a pass. And Magneto's like, I understand completely. He's like, he you saw your enemy and he's like, and I fought you too. I saw mine. He's like, I'm willing to start over if you are. And he's basically asking him what's up with Doom and stuff. And they're kind of friends now, which is really cool. Then we cut over to the other team which is um it's uh Gamora and Rocket and <sighs> I think that's Marvel Boy. But um but then we cut quickly over to the third team which is Hercules, Drax and Mantis. And they are at the big black planet of Ego now. Oh okay. And suddenly Ego starts hatching. Oh shit. And then the quote is, Ego is gone. His puny shell is mine. A living furnace to house my terrible flame. I am the great enigma, the eater of souls. I am the keeper of the mindless armies. I am the dreadlord of secret fire. Do you recognize this font at all? Oh, wait. What? Oh, shit. Dormammu has taken over Ego. Yeah, holy fuck. It's now a giant Dormammu head. Oh my God. <laughs> it's Planet Dormammu. <laughs> and that's the, that's the hook to take us into The Last Annihilation, the crossover with Guardians of the Galaxy, Sword, and Cable. Yeah. Yeah. Oh so, man, okay, cool. A lot goes on in this one. Really, really good, so. Uh, last solo book, Star Wars Darth Vader. I'm literally going to make this very easy on you. Um <laughs> Written by Greg Pack, drawn by Rafael In- Inico, uh, colored by Jason Keith, and letter by Joe Caramagna. Uh here's my here's my take. It's very good. If you like The War of the Bounty Hunters, if you're following the rest of it, pick this one up as well. It's the same thing from Darth Vader's point of view. I'm not a Darth Vader fan, but it was enjoyable. That's all <laughs> I'm gonna say. <laughs> so um, moving on. Let's talk about Heroes Return. Okay. So uh, yeah, okay. let's start with the creative team. Written by Jason Aaron, penciled by Ed McGinnis, inked by Mark Morales, colored by Matt Wilson, and lettered by Cordy Petit. So finally, we have the Squadron versus the Avengers. And it was dope. Yeah. It's just this dope fight. It's basically the entire issue. And it's great because the first thing you see is Thor fighting Hyperion. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, cool. And I just write that off. And then we see Phoenix versus... Uh, versus uh oh my god i forgot her actual power princess. Name. power princess thank you i was thinking princess powerful and that's molly from the runaways um and then we see spectrum versus kid star brand who is amazing by the way we'll get to that um then we see uh the blur versus black panther and i'm starting to be like wait a minute who's captain america gonna fight we see blade versus nighthawk i'm like okay that's the entire squadron it's because captain america has a bigger fucking job to do He's got to take out Phil Coulson. (laughs) Phil Coulson with a pandemonium cube. Mm -hmm. And basically we find out that everything is because of Phil Coulson. Phil Coulson wished all this. I still think he was corrupted somehow.
3: Yeah, it's hard to believe that Phil Coulson just wanted this.
1: Yeah. But it's a really dope fight. And we find out that Hyperion is weak, weakened. And it's because in this world vibranium came from his planet being
0: destroyed
1: <laughs> that's a that, great one And was radioactive against him and it could possibly kill him <laughs> it's just a lot of fun i like that black panther and the blur were fighting and Blur's like i'm too fast for you so panther literally fucking slices his hamstrings
3: oh man
1: <laughs> all, all of all all the ligaments in your
3: legs have been severed yeah. with one, with one double slice. It's like, <laughs> with, with one slice with both hands.
1: Yep. And, oh my God. <laughs> He's like, with surgery and rigorous rehab, you should be able to be able to walk again. <laughs> like, I was like, good <laughs> God, like, um, and then Kid Starbrand, it's just amazing. It just wrecks Doc Spectrum. Th- the line, I thought I told you to cry. <laughs> 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 so good. um, Zarda and Phoenix is actually more of a, like a stalemate. Yeah. But, uh, it is resolved in the end. Uh, blade and nighthawk nighthawk ends up winning that fight kind of. Um, but yeah, basically in the end, it takes both Phoenix and Starbrand to take her out. And this fucking shot is awesome. That's sexy as fuck. (laughs) I loved it. So they literally just crush her between two of the most primordial forces on in the universe. (laughs) Like it's great. Um, and then Thor and Hyperion just
3: keep pummeling each other. Basically, this one hurt. <laughs> I know it's not the same Hyperion, but there's a there's a fantastic issue where a Thor and Hyperion go to the ends of the earth, like b- before, basically, uh, uh, time before time dies, or what the fuck was it called? we right uh, Jonathan Jonathan Hickman's right before uh secret uh, secret wars 2015 2015 and they both just have like, a, a fantastic moment that gets me every fucking time so seeing
1: them fight right now is just like
3: no they're they're brothers <laughs> <laughs>
1: um and then in an instant phil colson's defeated the pandemonium cube is destroyed and the world goes back to normal kind of um kid star brand is now still kid star brand not baby star brand as they were beforehand and it has the attitude of the exact same character that we were just talking yeah. about. Actually, um, Hyperion's hovering outside of the Daily Bugle, and it implies he's looking for Peter Parker. But the funny part was is Peter hated him in the other world. <laughs> so,
0: oh like, my god! Yeah.
1: So I thought that was interesting. Uh, they revealed that Blur, Doc Spectrum, and uh, uh, Power Princess are all captured. Although Power Princess seems to not really my yeah. chains out and then we find out the nighthawk is still at large and he leaves us with the ominous it wasn't a mistake it was a world that made sense and it will be again even if i have to do it alone so it seems like it we might have been be the ending a it. it could have been the ending i should say yeah but then we get a monologue from mephisto who did all this and it's like you know i know what you think about while well, he failed he's like this is about showing you all what can be done with the power of one Mephisto. Now imagine my dear brothers and sisters, what we could accomplish with 615 more (laughs) Hail Mephisto, hail the council of red. And then of course there's, they, they do it, but then they have to throw in the fucking, uh, the animal morphed Mephisto, the fucking, what's it called? Um, not Howard, the duck, the other one, uh, spider ham, spider ham -ham Mephisto. Of course, of course he's in there. So, um, Yeah. Go ahead. Going backwards, uh, just because like we're at the end here.
3: This made yeah. me once again so fucking pissed about the long lost Ghost Rider series by Ed Bryson that was just killing it yep. and yep. would have been a central piece to this future event that we're gonna have. It's so not fair. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, going backwards, <laughs> there's this one moment where I did love, I did fucking love in, in the fight scene. It's um that Carol Danvers decided to run over.
1: Uh, Coulson with the fucking jet because yes. Danvers is just a pilot in that world yeah and she just clips clips Coulson with her plane she's like oh sorry about that basically. <laughs> Um, and, and
3: that I think about great. the whole uh, kid star brand is that I think before uh, this event they were a baby and it was yeah. like in this time her growing up or them growing up with a uh, rocket is what made them a kid and now that's why they can't or blade is like should I, I'm not sure if I should tell them the truth the whole truth
1: or not yeah th- no one lost time except star brand basically yeah yeah, because they they were very much a baby in the last crossover, which was the the Konshu one. So, oh okay, yeah. All right, awesome. Now yeah. let's move on to a monster book. But man, did I get my feels reading this book? Honestly, this is such a good one. It was so well done. Marvel cover- Voices Pride. What coverage you get? That was going to say. I changed my mind three times. Which one yeah. did you get?
3: It took me a long time to, to figure out. And also because uh, the America Chavez was gone. That was the, the most sold out one. But I got this one.
1: Nice. I got, of course, I got this one.
3: I considered her. And also, but I, I, only, I got her here already. So it's kind of like, yeah. I want to showcase more. And also because them two in the middle is what made it for me. And I hate how the MCU just decided to make a coyote straight yeah
1: well i mean they didn't really make her straight did
3: they well they alluded to her being with the uh, the other guy though yeah she was with him, but i mean i guess so but she, she should have been with the other one already yeah yeah I and also you. just love that's like you cannot have this without hercules is like yes and her
1: fucking posing like a bitch yeah i love <laughs> it um yeah i almost bought two covers but then i looked at the price and i'm like no don't do that oh, hell no no so <laughs> but okay so marvel pride Guys, we are going to take a little time with this one, so forgive us. But we're going to try to go as quickly as possible. I just want to talk about the intro. You mean on, the,
2: the first
3: page where, like, the DC books had that double page spread to make up room for the characters, yeah. but meanwhile, the first page has all of these people. <laughs>
1: yeah. So we got the we got this cool intro, basically the history of LGBT characters. Yes. In Marvel, and it was so much fun to go through this
3: and through um, and through um,
1: Prodigy. Yeah, and it was done from Prodigy's point of view, which was great. And this kiss, the Shadow Star Richter kiss, uh-huh. that's in the X-Factor run we're going to be reading soon. Ah, excellent. So, yeah. Um, and just goes through a lot of it. It's really a lot of fun. I really, really dug this intro. And then let's get into it. We get a really great page with the vows of Hulkling and Wiccan. Oh, so beautiful. The vows from their wedding, which was really sweet. We get a story with Nico and Carolina and I'll never forgive them for pronouncing it Carolina in the show. Um, from runaways. I don't support this ship and it's not because I don't support them both being queer. I'm fine with it. I just don't like the two of them together to be honest. Oh, with really? you. Um, because runaways from the beginning, I really liked the fact that Carolina's first crush was Nico and it wasn't reciprocated. Again, mm-hmm. I talk about this a lot. Um, I think it's kind of a disservice to LGBT relationships and comics a lot that the first LGBT repre- or LGBT relationship is always reciprocated, like, yeah. and I th- I don't think that's a complete experience of LGBT life. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like part of that is you know yeah you're really great but I don't like you know, girls. And in or this something.
3: case, like there were still also just kids. If one of them was just curious enough to, yeah, to yeah. figure it out, that's, that's what well, I get.
1: It. I, 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 that's a lot of people are always like, well, things change. I'm like, no, no, I get that. I mean, that's if they were a real person. And I'm like, but we're talking about like creatively, mm-hmm. like, I, like I think the more interesting story is if they never actually were together. Plus Carolina with Zavin was fucking amazing. Oh yeah. Zavin totally. has been underused. Got a do, very brief intro. They what do talk mention? about it a little bit in the intro too. Or like, or like, yeah, just, like they highlight them. Yeah. Yeah, but Zavin needs to come back. Oh, I totally, one hundred percent. Yeah. Then we get a um, a story with Elektra uh, and uh, Doctor. We were just talking about her, uh, Charlene McGowan. So she's, I think she was the first trans character in Marvel. I talk about so. it later. So, um, but it's cool. She's basically doing some research to uh, try to make it easier for uh, trans women to transition without having to, you know, making it a big deal
2: mm-hmm. with um, pills.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I really liked the bit where the one guy is like, Hey, my cousin is trans. Do you oh know? My God, like, yeah. Trans people don't know each other asshole. And then it's like, yeah, they actually know each other. <laughs> like, I love that. Bit. So <laughs> That's coincidence though. Um, and then we get a really cool story with black cat, which God, I just love black cat. It's such a great character. Yeah. Um, with her and, uh, jesse uh jesse jesse oh my god what's her last name um blah i'm draw, I'm drawing a blank damn it um anyways uh she's a really cool lgbt character as well and uh they'd show ref- jesse drake that's her name yeah uh so they kind of like do a reference to that and they put the end question mark so maybe this character is going to show up in black cat be i really was cool.
3: i was hoping that you were gonna you're gonna call that out that she's gonna
1: jump over I, I think that'd be really cool i really enjoy that so uh and the fact that she's like a empathic ectomorph that's just a cool power so yeah then we get the she-hulk one so here's the thing this one has actually been pretty controversial i actually like this yeah honestly uh, wait,
3: what was the controversial bit
1: um there were some people trans um trans activists that feel that marvel did a bait and switch that they okay. said that She-Hulk is going to be a trans woman and then revealed... In this, it's not actually She-Hulk. Uh, yeah, okay. I, I wouldn't read it that way either. Like, that's I not mean, how I read it. Well, they thought it would be like an alternate version of She-Hulk from another universe or something. Mm-hmm. But okay. I think this is more interesting. So, basically, we have She-Hulk and Titania attacks her, second Titania appearance. Um, and okay. uh, basically, we find out that it's not actually She-Hulk. It's just a cosplayer. But... Um, it's a trans cosplayer who feels who's basically always been really big and uh, oversized and never felt comfortable. And She Hulk uh, cosplaying as She Hulk is one of the ways they feel comfortable about themselves. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was a way cooler story than just randomly making She Hulk trans in some alternate universe. I mean,
3: honestly, it's like yeah, I, I I get I get their point, but now you're also missing the point that you're missing their story, like this person's story, which you're kind of mm-hmm. like it's kind of it's literally the whole point about hearing this person's story. So it's like, yeah, no, yeah. this one was a much more interesting take.
1: Yeah. And yeah, it was more interesting and it also gave us a human size of side of, t- of Titania, which I really enjoyed. Yeah. So it also featured the number one supervillain in all of comics to me. And that is <laughs> an asshole Deadpool cosplayer with boundary issues. Yes. Because there's one at every comic. No, there's 12 at every comic con, but there's yeah. at least one. And thank you, because I love to imagine they beat the crap out of him after that. So thank you for that. Because um, seriously, if you cosplay as Deadpool and you touch people without their permission, you're not in character. You're an asshole. <laughs> so um, next up, Prodigy and Speed. This one um, I loved, and all, all, I fucking loved it.
3: Only because like when I was going through like the creative teams, it was the team, and I could not wait what it was going to be about. Kieran Gillen yeah. and Chad Hickman. Fuck yes.
1: It was just great. It basically prodigy revealing how he knew he was by. Yeah. And it's just a really cool thing. How Every time he saw a he's like, mm. <laughs> and so basically by using his powers to sync up with kitty pride, he realized what she felt is what he felt. And that made him come to understanding. And then his little bit, you know, who knows how many years it could have taken me to figure out with it, figured out without that moment. And I'm like, yeah, that's really interesting. And that's, it's very true. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like some people, it takes their entire lives to come to grips with it. So like,
3: I mean, going into the, to the other side, Alan Scott and that whole relationship right now. Yeah, exactly.
1: So, and then we get a really cool one with NLA and Gray Malkin. We never got to Gray Malkin in our young X-Men run. Okay, uh, He's actually a ancestor of professor X. Oh shit. Way back in the day, and his powers are basically in darkness. He's completely... The darker it is, the more invulnerable he is. Okay. And they find out back in the day that, first of all, he's a mutant. Second of all, that he's gay. And they bury him alive. And since it's completely dark, he survives. Mm -hmm. So, he's been buried under Xavier's mansion for hundreds of years, basically. Ah, I know shit. So, and then we get a cold pixie uh, appearance. And then my man, (laughs) Dawkins shows up and is like... Yo, Victor, you want to dance? And Victor's like, Oh he, yes, please. Because <laughs> I would be too. And um, then he's like only a Grey Malkin can dance with us. And then they have fun on the dance floor together. Loved this.
3: Yeah, it was so fucking sweet. Oh, only because no, he he came in and was like, yo, hey, you wanna dance? And yeah. Annalee was like, Hey, I got this uh, to Pixie if you wanna go. And yeah. that's when he goes, No, not her.
1: And his yeah. little blush. <laughs> it was so sweet. <laughs> Yeah, we didn't we didn't really get to the good uh, NLA stuff in the in the X, Young X-Men run it's either. We should just read that for fun, not for a show. Yeah, okay. <laughs> like, um, then we get a really cool Iceman story. I've, I've been outspoken by the fact that I, I never really liked the Iceman coming out because, first of all, I thought Angel would have been a better story personally. OK, uh, being he's absolutely he's basically the dream guy. And I like the dream guy being the one, you know what I mean. And yeah. also, he's rich, you know. It gonna, would give him a problem other than he turns blue sometimes. I was gonna say um, for like for
3: the book club show potential show, I said we should read that Iceman mini, on, or the it didn't go for that long. It kind of establishes like about him coming out.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I, I read it actually. I've read it before. Oh, I just sense. I just wasn't a big fan of it. Um, just because. We talked about it in the past. It, yeah, there, yeah. There's, it's a totally canon breaking thing. And that just bothers me a little bit and destroys one of my favorite stories ever. So, uh, but anyways, um, but basically this is really sweet and I fucking loved it. Yeah. And I'm way more on board with Iceman being gay now just because of this story. <laughs> well, that's basically, good. Magneto shows up with a bunch of missiles to blow up the school, sees Iceman crying. and He's like, oh, God damn it. <laughs> so he puts <laughs> the missiles away, sits with him and comforts him. And I love the line like, uh, what was it like? um, Sorry about your missiles. Well, there will be other missiles. (laughs) Like, I'm like, yeah, there will be. And then he puts on Magneto's hat and it's great. I loved that. That was absolutely wonderful. Yes. Then we get a cool North star and Kyle story, which is cute. I love it because I love the, your love is so beautiful. Don't, so don't be a jerk to people. And I'm like, yeah, (laughs) because everybody thinks North star is a jerk. Like in, like fans like that's one of the reasons when we get into the whole thing about ice man yeah once again i love north star and people are like well yeah, have a north is a jerk he doesn't deserve happiness anyways and i'm like he's such a great character you assholes
2: well, like, i mean
3: uh, it has to be because in in the opening pages the man is just too tense who flexes that hard in bed
1: i, know, right? Dude, <laughs> I like his boxers personally oh totally ice ice baby with Olaf. <laughs> they're so tight like his whole ass is hanging out it's crazy then we get a great story about Destiny and Mystique and that was oh. fun as fuck. fuck. Yeah. And that was clearly Professor Moriarty by the way. <laughs> and so they they killed Professor Moriarty. Then we get another story that got a little bit of controversy that I commented on. Uh, Karma has a crush on a new mutant character they've introduced. Hmm. And a lot of people are like this should have been Danny. She should have just been with Moonstar and I'm like why? Why <laughs> like girls can be friends. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like, like it doesn't have to always be that. And that's not the arc. That's never been their arc. I mean, I get it. That's what you want and you can be disappointed and that's fine. But you can't be, you can't say that it's wrong because it didn't happen. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that that's, I mean, that's kind of what the other side says. Whenever a character comes out as gay and they're like, that's wrong. That's kind of what we're doing when we're saying these characters I like should have been gay together Mm -hmm. and it's wrong if they're not. And it's like, God, God, so, but we do get a tease that uh, so she ends up asking this girl to dance with her, and um, it does have the conclusion, the beginning, and it does tell us that we're going to see more of that character as time goes by. That's good. So then we get a adorable story with Dawkin.
3: Oh so good, so fucking good. Yeah. I cannot well, believe how serious d- like Marvel is treating this whole Krakoa business.
1: Yeah, where Dawkin met. A fellow uh, mutant, uh, and Carl Valentino, and they slept together, and he, they lived out their lives together. They grew old together, and then you find out no, they didn't. They only had a one night stand. But Carl's mutant power is that one night can be a lifetime in your head.
3: Yeah, I mean, the whole time he's telling this to to Aurora,
1: so it's kind of like he's telling yeah. like a next story to a friend, but it's a
3: very personal one.
1: Yeah, I thought it was very interesting because Aurora used to be very, very religious. Okay. And that was always a point of contention between her and North Star. She was very Catholic. Okay. So she had a problem with, with him being gay, kind of. And so I was wondering if she, if she knows that he's bi, and I was wondering about how that was going. Anyways, uh, so this guy, Carl, who Dokken lived out a life with in his head, lived out a life, kind of hid who he was his entire life, and died old. Dokken fucking breaks into his coffin takes some DNA and has him resurrected. <laughs> and now, because we've heard this character is coming, but we knew nothing about it. Just the name really. Um, and now th- basically the new character or the character is like, you know, Carl Valentino lived the hand he was dealt. I'm finally awake and I'm Somnus. Yeah. And that's so cool. It's a cool way to introduce this character. Yeah, actually. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I know a lot of people were like, why, d- why not feature the characters you already have? Because, we always introduce new characters. That's how comics works. So, and it, yeah, look for Somnus and Krakoa next year. So we got another tease. That's going to happen. And then something I did not expect and something that blew me away. <laughs> they reprinted the North star coming out issue of alpha flight. Oh man, that wasn't that a tree. Oh,
3: <sighs> and like, cause there's like a, there's like a little, like a, a big excerpt, like really right in the middle of this issue. Um, kind of like saying, like, or ex- like the timeline the timeline a bunch of characters coming out or a bunch of issues like highlighting a bunch of issues like when it happened an interview with a former associate and like i was like working on yeah, yeah. doing all this work and then one of so one of them one of these highlights was like the um fucking north star coming north north out star yeah. coming out so to get this
1: was an actual real surprise you're right yeah i loved it i remember reading that the first time and oh, that was that's cool. so cool so yeah uh but excellent job Marvel Pride I have to give it to Marvel Pride over TC Pride but um, it's not a competition it's not like I, give me an image pride give me a vault well, all of vaults is vault pride <laughs> Seriously,
3: just, just pick up any book it's this fucking a vault, uh, pride uh, celebration already it's, it's great yeah. I love them
1: just give me all the pride do it every month don't do it in June only so yeah <laughs> um, alright let's move on to X books uh, we got four X books <laughs> X-Men Legends number four Uh, Written by, I believe it was Louise that wrote this one, yeah. Written by Louise Simonson, my pretend grandmother. (laughs) Drawn by Walter Simonson, my pretend grandfather. (laughs) Letter by John Workman and colored by Laura Martin. Um, This is an alternate story in the X-Factor universe back when it was the original Five X-Men. And it was shortly after Cable was born. It was a really interesting uh, era. And um, it's the era that got me into comics. So. I was very excited to, to read this again. It's a little later in their era because they started on X Factor one basically so mm-hmm. um, but I thoroughly enjoyed it it's a lot of references to the way back in the day so well, I guess it's supposed I could to see be where like, some people could get hung up. It's supposed to be like a connecting issue or, or
3: something that wasn't completely elaborately told I guess like a in arc that was called like judgment war and it's supposed to be like yeah. the more detailed, way of how they got there instead of like from one issue to another because I guess like a big fucking thing that happens
1: it's a story they never got to tell Basically, yeah yeah
3: so did you see the, the but, little expert for what's gonna happen on, on the next yes. legends?
1: I actually that was announced about a month ago and I keep meaning to talk to you about it and I never did Ooh. so we're going back to x-factor but this time we're going back to Peter David's first run of yeah. x-factor I love it it's so good do you, so do you know excited. what little missing pieces it's alluding to no oh okay cool I don't know off the top of my head um I loved or the just first something run. That wasn't explained it, it, to you fully. No, not really. I think it's just giving Peter David a chance to do something else in that in that era mm-hmm. is really it. it, it. So, it, Peter David is the X Factor person. If you take out the Simonsons, yeah, because he did that run and then he did X Factor Investigations and okay, those three are basically the most important runs in
3: X Factor history. Yeah, it just so as returns so to place his own missing piece of the puzzle. So something even he doesn't feel like fully like something didn't really fully get told there yeah i wouldn't know off the top of my head to be honest
1: so but it's good shit did you what do you think
3: um I'm, honestly i liked it because again this is not an era i'm fully like familiar with uh, it's just like kind of readings like like the big books that kind of came out then like your um just futures past and what have you so like getting yeah. getting these getting an issue like this i'm like very grateful for because i never had like my own louise simonson, bo- simonson book or simonson book so it's kind of like cool. I, I have this now for myself, even though it's like an, in a modern day. And yeah, yeah I, so I'm looking for, I'm looking out for another uh, big uh, X-Men Essentials volume that has this connecting piece actually into like, cause, cause it does say explicitly say like this, these are the events right before X-Factor 43. And this yeah. book I have goes from like 17 to 35. So I kind of, I do want to get like the next one and read that one with the next one and then have this one be like a little in between chapter so I can kind of like get the broad scope.
1: Yeah. The other hilarious. thing I want, the other thing I really liked is the sound effect for Angel's Wings was oh, schwang. Yeah, schwang. <laughs> Best sound effect in comics. <laughs> so, uh, all right, now the the actual Hellfire Gala Wolverine number thirteen. Uh, so Wolverine did not have a horizontal cover, but I did get the red carpet one. I had to go with this one. I I grabbed that and then put it back because I was like, I'm spending too much money.
3: I got. I went. I said no to that one based on last week's events and the whole thing with Scout and they had matching outfits and the and the fact the variants don't mean anything you could have had a, had them both right there just so we can have seen it.
1: Well, if you take all these variants and line them up, it's one long picture. You yeah,
3: that, right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it was like so it's like like, to have like Scout there with that one on that cover in particular because it'll never yeah. happen now with the matching outfits. Um that's why I went I went against that one with my boy Akihito.
1: Okay. So we got Uh, Written by Benjamin Percy, penciled by Scott Eaton, inked by Orin Jr., colored by Matt Wilson, and lettered by Corey Petit. Um, We'll try to make this one quick for you guys. It's the Hellfire Gala. We saw what was happening with uh, Tierra Verde, where they're all the plant people, and Beast has basically been controlling them. Well, now he can't. And they basically have to stop them. They're able to, and... Basically, Beast... um, Beast is unapologetic about being a piece of shit. Basically, is what happens. As always. And they actually lose the vote. Or they lose the Terra terra Verde um, uh, support in the end. And have to pay the $1 billion. So, it's rough. So, Beast basically costs them quite a bit. And uh, it sucks. Also, during this, somebody stole the Marauder ship and burned it outside of Madripoor. So... Um, the question is will beast be punished he should be yeah but he probably won't be um, like
3: put him on a timeout from the team and put in Deadpool because <laughs> he really wants it
1: <laughs> yeah I really liked um, sage taking control in the end mm-hmm. she basically wasn't taking any of beast shit she's like this has gone far enough basically oh yeah so I love sage but great book great wrapping up that little side story of the hellfire gala next up way of x number three Oh, we're going this that way. way. We're, we're, we're going out the, the day after? We're, we're taking the day after? Okay. The well, because afternoon. of what happens to the other one. So I got that one. I got that one. Yes. And I got that one. So I got them all. <laughs> uh, written by Cy Spurrier. Drawn by Bob Quinn. Colored by Hava Tartalia. And letter by Clayton Cowles. Um... Man, so throughout the rest of the books in the Hellfire Gala, we've seen Nightcrawler trashed and bothering shit, people basically. So that actually goes into first person view for the party for him, which is a lot of fun. Did you notice a celebrity so, on that page? Uh, which one? Guy, oh, uh, Paul Shear. Paul Shear. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I didn't know. Well, right above him is Rafi. Oh, yeah, it is uh, Jason Manzucas. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the whole league is there. <laughs> so, uh, um, But yeah, he, um, basically he's still working with the same group of people, including Legion, uh, Dr. Nemesis, the whole same whole group. And we find out that Loa and Mercury had an encounter (laughs) and Loa's powers went out of control. And she's obviously very upset about it. Yeah. She's got this really haunted look in her face. Yeah. She accidentally shredded part of Mercury's arm. Uh, luckily, Mercury's Mercury, so she can honestly she can just reattach it. It's not hard. But um, basically, like, they're trying to find out a way to be intimate without killing each other. And Legion is like, they were like, Legion, you and Destiny used to do that, right? And Legion's like, yeah, I got gotcha, you. Let's do this. Um, so I'll, I'll I'll continue with this story, and then we'll jump back to the other one. We'll do this one first. Okay. Um, so he puts them in their own heads, and they immediately start sharing every secret they've ever had. Yeah. And some of the darkest shit in the world, right? And it's too much, and they basically don't even want to look at each other afterwards. Mm-hmm. And it was really sad because I love both of those characters. So. Yeah,
3: honestly, me too. I was really, I was really starting to ship them.
1: Mm, I don't know about that. <laughs> I, mean, I, I just love them both. I mean, I love Mercury, and like, why not love? I do. <laughs> yeah. And then the other story we got going on. Is Nightcrawler running into Stacy X of all people? Yeah. Wow. What a what a what a throwback. Um, and Stacy X is basically explained to him because her powers are like pheromone control. Mm-hmm. Um, then she she was actually a former prostitute was her story. She worked at a place called something X, and it was like a superpowered like brothel basically. Mm-hmm. Well, now she has she has this place on Krakoa, and that's what Nightcrawler thinks this is is a brothel, but it's not. And what I like that she punches punches him straight in the face as soon as he like like tries to be condescending about that. I really don't like yeah. that. So, um, but she basically reveals like this is where people go to connect, and you know sometimes they need that. And then she reveals all these mutant babies
2: because
1: mm-hmm. these mutant babies are getting born, and they're just getting abandoned, and they're just here. No one takes care of them, and so she's you know helping to take care of them. And I like her point is like whole population of beach body supers on internal spring break, no STIs, no strings attached. You want people to make more mutants here? They are. Yeah. You know, and why would they stick with the kids? You know, let's go party. Let's go to the green lagoon and drink. And I like how we're starting to get the reality of Krakow in this book. All yes. Time, so, yeah. And then lost shows up the character lost and she seems to be the one that takes care of the babies the most. And that's really sweet. Mm hmm. Then we get to see Fabian Cortez
3: get dropped on his ass. Of all be- I is- mean, like, this is, this is a zero king shaming show, but of all people who deserve to be king shamed.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: Where he basically wanted his date to wear Magneto's helmet.
3: As he recited poems to it.
1: <laughs> Just fucking hell, man. <laughs> like, God, I hate Cortez so much. She's so this bad. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, they show up. Um, also, I other thing to point out the Zorns are bombing around with Legion the entire time, which I thought was great. too. Yeah. Um, we also earlier on in the issue, see Dr. Nemesis smart off to dazzler again, Mm -hmm. which brings us to our conclusion where Stacy X is trying to teach about like, you know, connections and giving people a chance and stuff. And she throws a little charm darkness, Dr. Nemesis's way. And he walks up to dazzler. He apologizes and they have a dance together. Yeah. It was actually really and sweet. I ship it. I will just fucking say it. I'll <laughs> ship it. That's adorable. I don't know. Too gross. Nemesis, <laughs> to get the fuck out of here. <laughs> but yeah, good stuff. I enjoyed that. I'm so excited to see where Wave X is going. It's so philosophical yeah, and philosophical. fucked up. And
3: hell yeah, I think like the whole point of this book was about at least like his first mission or like the first law, make more mutants, and he yeah. literally went through the whole process of like how or in this case like why or like how do we go after the why and yeah you have like the the whole safe set the whole safe space which is great for mutants and and everybody to do like their thing but then there's like the next responsibility and it's like cool you want your your make more mutants here they are but what's after this and like i love the point when she called out loss it's like of all people who deserve to fucking party and like be in there and in and, and those spaces it's 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 them but all mm-hmm. they care about is taking care of is actually taking care of these babies. And like I was like, yeah, if you want to make more mutants? Like the the reproduction part will take care of its own. But in this case, and I just like I love how it just branches out after that. It's yeah. it's a fantastic book.
1: Yeah, it's great. I love it. So um, we'll cross. We'll, we'll finish this off with Swiczerd Sword Number Six. <laughs> um, so, creative team is written by Al Ewing, uh, drawn by Valera Shiti. Colored by Marte Grecia and lettered by Ariana Mayer. So I got this cover. <laughs> I got this cover. And of course, I got this cover. Nice. Now you're asking, why is, so- why is Storm on the cover of Sword? Yeah. We'll get to that, listener. <laughs> so what I get great. this book, Josue. Okay, so I got this book, right? I, I sit here, I open it up. Yeah, I was going to say, what a great first page. Just knocks me on my ass, first page. Yeah. Just wonderful. Um, so basically this is the after effects of what happened at the gala (laughs) and it's Captain America. He's talking to Dr. Doom about what happened and, you know, it's really interesting. One thing I like on this character page, they gave them the colors of their departments, just like in the sword, um, the, the sword organization thing, Mm -hmm. because usually they don't do that, which is kind of cool. Right and we see basically the sword portion of this which is them basically being like hey we fucking colonized mars we made a second base and we called all these you know people together from all these different kingdoms in in the galaxy and look what we did and the people the the other people are like so fucking what we're (laughs) spacefaring you know people we don't give a shit and basically they're like, yeah, you'll give a shit now. And they basically produce a metal that they can make as much of as they want of. That is just as good as secondary adamantium. Yeah. And 100% conducts electricity, but doesn't conduct heat. It's like, it's very, it's going it's basically going to change everything. Mm-hmm. And that's their way of buying their way in. And they're like, we'll give this to you as long as you, you know, ally with us. And so the groups they get is the Galactogram Collective uh the great Chimelia, which is the one the pony people from power pack and once again power pack is relevant and i love it uh H- house of rigel um and then the xernerx empire which is also from power pack uh but but they're already allies Krakoa because Krakoa helped decide who was the new leader in the snark war okay and then like past issues of sword uh the intergalactic empire of wakanda which, to be frank, fuck him. Um, so, the kree scroll Skull Alliance, Shiar Empire, Astrologers of Spartax, that's what Peter Quill represents, Utopian Cree, Novar, and uh, Nova representing Earth. So, basically, in the end, everybody except for the Wakandans accept. And they give them that information. Also, can I just say, Abigail Brand is a pirate. I'm here for it. Oh, fuck yeah.
3: Wait, she, she gave me... Great. When she, when she just popped up, like, in her suit and, like, her and her fucking station, like, honestly, I, I want to believe, I have to believe that this was a Gurren Logan call uh, reference. They were literally space pirates, and it's, just, like, it's so fucking I was anime. hoping it was a Starjammers reference myself, but okay.
2: <laughs> oh, no, just, like, for an
3: anime call-out, like, it's just, like, it has to be Gurren Logan. It's just, like, yeah. there's are just some points in the, in the future aspect.
2: Yeah.
1: Um. I mean, everybody looks great. Um, yeah. Your boy looks tasty (laughs) is what i'll say like he's got that open shirt yeah yeah oh fuck yeah so basically the deal with the other groups is you will acknowledge mars as the capital of the solar system Mm -hmm. and if you have any business you'll come to mars not to earth and doom is just like oh doom shows up and he's like why wasn't i invited and they're like because you're fucking (laughs) dr doom um so and he's just like I know what you're saying. You know, uh, there's gotta be one person in charge of all this, you know, who rules your new planet. Tell me his name. Who is the King of Mars? Who would speak for Saul? And we get Victor, you know, my name, you have all heard it whispered. It is wind Rider. It is. She who swam with Akanti. It is hadari Yao, I am storm region of Mars. I am the voice of Saul. <laughs> Fuck. Yes. This is coming from somebody who is not a storm fan. <laughs> fuck yes i had
3: the stupid biggest grin of my face on this page like <laughs> oh my god
1: because like me and
3: uh, the ever fabulous nick over at books of pictures constantly talk about storm and like what what is going to happen with her in these books like the whole thing with during marauders and like how ominous it was of her leaving or was the book ending it's like what are the set plans with her and now we know and it is the coolest fucking thing ever
1: <laughs> yeah in most books That would be the coolest thing that happens. But then we turn the page. (laughs) Oh. And Magneto's sitting there drinking to his own helmet. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) And in walks Wanda, the pretender. Yeah. And she's like, I couldn't go out there. I couldn't face them. Not after everything I did. And she's like. It would have been too hard. Yeah. And he talks about his, his, um, his daughter, the one he lost, the human one. Anya. Yeah, and he's just like, you know, he's just like, I find myself the great mutant hero. I run our systems, govern our society, help build the world today, and I was happy for the children. But then I thought of my children and how I'd failed them, all of them. And she's like, You know, I'm not really here. He's like, I know, but sometimes what is real is not the same as what is true. Sometimes it takes two to pretend. You are my daughter, Wanda. You will always be my daughter, and I will do what I must to make things right. Fucking broke me, Josue. I was fucking in tears. I I needed a scene like this as well. I mean, don't get me like you're right.
3: Don't get me wrong. Like that. the whole storm uh, reveal was awesome. Was like the cool fucking factor, the awesome moment of this book. But this scene was very much needed. It was a long time
1: coming. It was fucking great. I loved it. Like uh, finally going to get some Wanda redemption, and then that's going to bring him into conflict with Exodus. You know, which was his biggest follower and. It's going to be really interesting. And that's what amazing. I liked about like, like with
3: the ne- Nexus way of X. Cause like you see like him shit face, but then like they're still just dancing. Yeah. <laughs> it's such a great scene. So good. No, it was a fantastic issue. Sword sword five was said, like said, it was going to promise some stuff and holy fuck did it
1: deliver? It was just, yeah, it was just great. It was the most important story besides plan, plan size. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right i am tapping out hostway. i'm exhausted <laughs> anything else to bring up before we go um,
3: i just wanted to cl- a few closing thoughts I, I did watch a podcast like ryan stegman uh the comic artist has a has a podcast um and i saw and i had to see it just because johnny cates was on there and they were going to talk about the the final issue 200 and just like two two things and also because they were going to reveal something else at the end they
1: announced their new project
3: they announced a new project i'll, yeah. I'll open with that i want to go um it's going to call it's called vanish. And that's the only thing they, they were able to release on it. And also how it looks like they didn't say who's going to publish it. I'm really hoping I'm, it looks very imagey, um, mm-hmm. but it, it, it's cool. Cause like Donnie was like expressing that he it's leaving uh Stagman who has such a McFarlane style and now going into um, uh, working with uh, and now doing this one. Um, it just feels like such a, Oh, sorry. It go, it's there. Sorry, not 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 with vanished, but then going. He connected it to his Hulk book and working yeah. with Ryan Otley. and now the the whole history with Stegman seg- being a McFarlane style, and now jumping over the with, Ra- with Otley, who is a very uh, Eric Larson style, and he yeah, it yeah. Just, it just hit a it, it's hitting a bunch of buttons for him, and he's just so fucking those exciting. image
1: feels, yeah. those early image feels, yeah.
3: Um, but the other the other thing that something he really that he dropped um, was that before pre uh, pre Venom. There was like a, a conference at a, at a at a con or whatever, and that Donnie was actually part of a quote unquote a bake off, a Marvel bake off. And apparently, when that when that that usually means that they'll think of a handful of writers and they'll say like, "Hey, what's your idea for what's to say like, uh, for Hulk?" And basically, best idea wins. And they kind of let them know at that, so like they know that they're kind of competing for the spot. And apparently, for right before uh, for this thing, it was for Hulk, and when he was approached for it. Uh, And he gave his, he gave his idea. Marvel said it was too weird to do. And he was, and he was the runner up. This is when it went to Mm. Al Ewing doing Immortal Hulk, which is nothing but a case, basket case full of fucking weirdness. And now (laughs) he's following up with this original idea that he has. I was like, oh shit, that is really fucking cool. And now, and now they're literally doing the whole swapping books. They, that literally happened on the spot when they were going back and forth with their Venom book and their Hulk book and what they would like to do. They literally thought about, like, "Oh shit, let's just swap seats." And they they, they went to go find a uh, CB, I think uh, breadfruit right? The the an editor, um, and there and just to call dibs on it. And that's pretty much how it ended up swapping the whole swapping seat things. Gotcha.
1: Yeah, <laughs> it was really cool. All right. Awesome. All right, guys. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, we appreciate it, as always. Uh, I'm going to wrap this up quick because it's our longest episode ever. Woo! Um, so you can check us out at uh, Geek Elite Media as well as Geek dot com. You can find the show at WHI Podcast on Twitter. You can find me, WHI Podcast Keith, our producer Liz at WHI Podcast Liz, and Hosway at Hosway Reads Hosway. Make sure to check out our sister show, uh, which is the Jukebox Vertigo, hosted by our very own Hosway. And we, uh, we are going to have a new episode up this week, this next week. And it's going to be the the so the blink, whatever that is going to be. And our guest will be uh, our friend Steven, a peppermint gentleman who's up, and probably the return of our friend Crozen, hopefully. hopefully. Um, also check out Crozen's uh, new podcast that we participate in as well called Podcast Ultra. You can check that out at ultra underscore pod, uh, biweekly video game podcast. And uh, yeah. Once again, thank you so much for joining us. We truly appreciate it. And do not forget to always geek out.
2: This concludes our broadcast.